Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This week in league, as if there isn't enough K-Hunts in the Storm lineup, now they want Carmichael. The NRL Integrity Unit performing full-body cavity searches on Todd Greenberg and still no integrity to be found. The Tigers send the Dragons a cleaning bill to eradicate the stench of Benji from the club. And we preview all of the action for round 10 of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 154 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, this week, big show on the feedback stuff. So if you fucking got an issue, if you can't fucking, if you can't handle it, then... You can't handle the feedback. Yep, skip it to the next fucking chapter. Because, you know, you can't get too much of a good thing, so we added the whole, you know, of the week. There was a movie reference in there, and I got no credit for it whatsoever. Yeah, because... Everyone's quick to fucking slag me. Everyone's quick to pile on and lay their fucking thongs in. Okay, well, give us, give us something outside of the top five most fucking, you know, easily recognised references ever. And don't fucking... Next thing you're going to say... I know what you're going to say. The next thing you're going to say is show me the money, right? No. <laughs> but yeah, no. Good job. Good job, Glenn. On Fuck that, off, no. On that reference. That's a sensational reference. And it's a, it's a, it's a fair movie too, but it's got uh, you know Demi, Demi Moore in it. I just, don't just, her. just continue piling on because your insincere <laughs> bullshit is, is far more painful. I'm proud of you, man. You're a cockhead, mate. Going right in the fields. <laughs> so, of the week teams, of course, and this week's team was the Rocks and Diamonds 13. Former underscore legend came in with his 13. <clears throat> Hoffman, fullback. The Beast, Vatavai. Everyone's number two, I'm pretty sure. Edric Lee and Dylan Walker in the centres, which is pretty funny because Dylan Walker scored like fucking four tries, four tries on the weekend. Inu. Yeah. In, on the other wing. He has to be. See, I mean, I'd, I'd almost be inclined to just chuck him as one of the centres. I mean, Edric Lee, I mean, he's, has he been around long enough to be established as like, yeah. you know, that up and down? He's been, he's been a little bit injury prone. Mm. I, haven't, yeah, I yeah. haven't made an opinion of him as a rocks and diamonds type guy. Yeah, I mean, like, look, you know, if you want to throw him in your tamp on 13, then by all means. But, uh, what, Carney in six. Six is hard position, but yeah. Sandow well, in seven, fair Benji, enough. Benji would get in there, wouldn't he? Actually, yeah. I mean, yeah, now, late, you know, late recent Maybe not a Benji. week ago, but... Well, yeah, even a week. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess he's, now he's eligible because he's playing still. Exactly. Uh, Anasta in lock. Braith Anasta. Jeez, Blair. that's harsh. T-Rex and Blair Why in the second row. Why is he in the rocks and diamonds? Well, because he's fucking hard because... as a rock and ejaculates <laughs> diamonds. I think people have got the criteria incorrect. Because he's basically played like a rock for this season, one before... 
And he had that one diamond moment when he kicked that fucking field goal from like wide left on forty meter line. <laughs> Don't that, I remember that it was well? Some, that was some diamond shit. That was like the good stuff too. That's the stuff they cut people's hands off for in Sierra Leone. <laughs> that shit it was fucking primo. <laughs> um, that's a T Rex and Blair in the second row. I can't argue with either of those selections to be honest. I mean, Blair's turned around a little bit, but he's had a couple of years of pure yeah, rock so too. Yeah, so he, he's, he's fucking. He's got due. a lot of turn and do. He was due. Uh, front row. Well, the front row is Shillington. Yep. Cassiano. Yeah, Cassiano's probably more at home in the Tampa and All-Stars, but... Uh... <laughs> and uh, the the, uh, the hooker, Cost Jason. Oh, a little harsh. I would have thought a little bit I just bit think harsh. he's pretty fucking boring. Yeah, I would have... Other than his name. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, so much, so, so much fun stuff, I mean, you know. How much is half a pound of Coke? Cost Jason. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So you know that's not a, not a bad one. We had some classic comedy ones coming through. Uh, a fridge too far, to, with one O in the two. So you know, I guess it's you know grammatically incorrect Twitter handle. Maybe it was taken. He said the perfect rocks and diamonds team list, and then just linked to the, the Raiders lineup for the Warriors game. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, we had Shunter, Shunter eighty six. Uh, he's uh, he's rocks and diamonds. He originally had Matt Moylan in there, and we're thinking. What and everyone you know, slammed him, yeah, so he, the, like yeah. a true bitch that he is, he went and changed it to suit other people. He sent it through, and he hasn't sent it to us. He's put our handle at the end instead of the start. So, you know, he's a little Penrith nerd home. You see that, and they go, hey, yeah, 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 you fucking get back into line, son. Yeah. So he's got a... Almost, he, he was threatened with <laughs> extinction from his uh, Penrith nerd mm-hmm. group, Facebook exactly. page. Exactly, And, uh, I mean, that was too hard for him to handle. Sam Tompkins, fullback. That's probably fair call. I mean, he's like on a fuckload of money and everything, but even people uh, in England didn't rate him that highly. <laughs> I don't know where he fucking got it from. Manu Vatavai, again, he's the captain, and I think that's probably fair enough because the Rocks and Diamonds term, was it was made for him and it's used for him often. <laughs> often. Weekly. Uh, <clears throat> your centres, Captain Murder and Snapchat Leilua. Yep. Probably fair enough. Did he put their actual nicknames in? He'd actually put their nicknames he's in. A, yeah. He's a diligent little soldier. Wolfie on the other wing. I'd be inclined Amen. to agree with that too. I mean, certainly certainly over the last year. I mean, there was no way <clears throat> that Wolfman could have kept that like that first breakthrough season going for his entire career or the motherfucker would be an immortal. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, you, you don't just fucking win a premiership, play for Australia, play State of Origin and fucking score yeah. a million tries. Yeah, yeah. You know, in your what was your probably your first real season of first grade? Yeah, probably, yeah outside of Parramatta. So yeah, yeah. first real season for well, you. Yeah, first season, first, first grade first, in a real team. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Jesus plummeted off the fucking face of the earth, and I really, know he's had was, some injuries. And I'll it give was really only last season, though. No, I mean, he was still even you know broken necks and stuff. He was still he was still okay up until last season, and even most of last season he was fine too. He fell off at the end, and then this season, you know, to the point where he got dropped. Uh, Sean Johnson. He died on the. He died in the grand final. Like his soul yeah. died. Yeah. Sean Johnson and Colonel Sandow are your halves for this side. Is Sean Johnson like? Is he rocks? No. Nah. He's just Sean kind of, Johnson is a classy motherfucker. But he's like amazing, or he's quiet. I mean, I wouldn't say he's rocks. Like rocks is like. Yeah, but the the thing is, <clears throat> like he is amazing, but he's not amazing to stand out behind a pack of rocks and diamonds forwards. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're going to give him a pass. Yeah. Okay, front rowers. Letters, based on the penalties he gives. I think that's a bit harsh, to be honest. You know, when you've got guys like Jason Riles in this world, I guess he's not currently in the in the NRL, so mm. maybe that doesn't count. Jeez, if you went with a vintage one, I mean, you know, Jason Riles, he'd almost be the fucking captain. He'd be the entire front row. 
Oh, then again, where's the diamonds from Nakua? Ineligible. We must have done something. He played State of Origin. Ineligible for... Oh, yeah, but... Yeah. For New South Wales, granted. You but know. You know. Who couldn't get a run there? Fifi. Another front row for the side. Andrew McCulloch is the hooker. Oh, See, that's I harsh. I'd that simply, is harsh. I don't... I do not fucking rate that selection. I don't. I think that's very harsh. I, I think McCulloch... Always... Yeah, I, I don't, I've never seen him have a horrible game. He throws way too many dummies. Yeah. And we call it out at the footy. Oh, did McCulley throw another dummy? It's a, <laughs> he, he throws as many dummies as Josh Hoffman doesn't pass the ball. Yeah. But Josh Hoffman doesn't throw any dummies. <laughs> <laughs> He's gone fat touchy and Filetti Mateo in the second row. Yep. Agree on both of those. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, maybe, Standouts. Maybe, maybe Mateo could be... I mean, he could be a 5'8", because it's hard to find a 5'8", that's all there's rocks and diamonds. So maybe I'd shift Mateo on my side to 5'8", just so I can get in there. And... uh. Joe Paulo. Oof. Really? He's a fucking... He's an American superhero? <laughs> Apparently. Captain guy, America. Guy's on Mount Rushmore, or at least that's what the Wiggles told me. <laughs> so, <laughs> we got Damien Harrison. He's uh, a little bit of H. I assume the H means heroin. Um, and I, mean, I assume a little bit means a lot. <laughs> yeah. The New South... His Rocks and Diamonds team. The New South Wales team is club players, and then as state players... <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sh- Mr. Underscore Shando or Sando, as the case may be, he's gone lock as the fullback. Yes, I don't really know about that. I'd probably <coughs> prefer. To, I, I would defer to Warriors fans. I think the Warriors fans that I know can't understand the demise of Kevin Lock. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that either. I've seen him have any real horrible games. No, no. He's you never think, had a Manu Vatavai. You think he'd be good for a wing or something? You'd think the beast in two again centers Idris and Harrell. Oh. Harrell has got a bit about, the, about him though, and like his diamonds are fucking primo too mm. when he has the great games, but he does have some shockers. Wolfie and five, How Benji at six, finally. Yeah, Someone's how does getting... he not get a run there? Yeah, I know, Jeez. I know. You know, you'd have him over Harrell for sure. And why, why, why wouldn't you have someone like Lottie Takiri on the on a wing? Where's where's his fucking place? Oh, is it because he's all rocks and this is fucking rocks now? He's just a pile of gravel. Or <laughs> what? Uh, Shandow. He's been a standout at seven. He's pretty much been universally selected. Your props. Fooey, Fooey, Moy, Moy, and George Rose. George Rose is probably a fair selection. But he'd be like even bench on Rocks and Diamonds side probably. Ennis at nine. That'd be my pick. Finally, someone's picked it. 11 and 12. T-Rex and Dave Taylor, naturally. 13. This is a controversial one. It's going to get your back up. Sonny Bill Williams. There are a few people that have that opinion of Sonny. But he doesn't play he... rocks games, does he, oh, so much? Fuck, the first half of the grand final. Yeah, it was pretty fucking ordinary. And again, that whole game was, was <clears throat> rocks in the first half, diamonds in the second. And let's be real, if I mean, if the referees could police forward passes, he would have been rocks in the second half as well. <laughs> Different story. <laughs> I disagree with that statement, but... Um, yeah, look... Oh, I don't know. Other than that, I can't really think of too many. He's he's probably had games where he hasn't been dominant, and the and the commentators have still talked him up, which probably gets my back up a little bit. Look, the only rocks and diamonds I can think of in terms of Sonny Bill Williams is that he makes you rock hard to the extent that you couldn't even cut it with a diamond saw. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, cool. At, Be a fairly small blade though. <laughs> at, at on a blood buzz, he's gone Slater at fullback. And I, and I love that selection because you think even on the biggest stage in the world in like your World Cups and stuff, he has done some fucking 
absolutely abhorrent really had, things. That's the funny thing about <clears throat> Slater. He's had some some moments at club level, and he's had some fucking horrible moments in a national level. Yep. Can you remember any massive cock-ups at origin level? No, it's dropping a bomb and then, you know, surrendering possession back for a try or something like some you know, mm. not but it's like surrendering possession and they have to run a set of six after that. I mean it's not nothing as like graphic nothing as, as that graphic as the World Cup finals. Yeah, that I mean yeah. I was I, I was there for that game. That was fantastic. Because I was cheering for the six manly players in the side and fuck the storm. Uh Manu again in number two, almost universal selection. Inu in the centres finally. Thank you, Ben. Two dads, the other centre. That's yeah. another great selection too. The first time we've seen it. Wolfman on the wing, fair enough. Soward at six. Yes. Sandow at seven. Pretty much a universal pick. Your props. Fooey Fooey and Adam Cuthbertson. Oh, I'll Cuthbert. pay that. Gidley at, at hooker. Another, yeah. you know, seems obvious when you look at it. Taylor and T-Rex in the second row and Felitti Mateo at lock. That is probably the best overall lineup I think we've seen so far. I agree. And he has said, he sent another tweet after, said, I included Slater because his rocks tend to be giant boulders worthy of the next Mount Rushmore carving. <laughs> Jake underscore Harper. Barber at fullback. Geez, based on this year, well, yeah, that's probably a fair call. His, uh, his wingers, Manu and Mansour. Yeah, Mansour's an interesting one. I I really rate him as a player, so... I, I can't say I scrutinise Penrith games like that, you know, critically in terms of, you know, individual performances. He hasn't done any... He hasn't Billy Slated anything or Manu Vatavai anything, in my mm. in my opinion, but, you know, maybe Penrith knows might think otherwise. Idris and Sean Kenny Dow in the centres. Fair call on both of those. Carney and Sandow, the halves. Your props, Tamo and Letters. I would agree with... Yeah, they letters? But Letters, yeah, that penalty thing, I think that's probably a... An ordinary excuse to get him in the side, especially when you've got your Cuthberts and your George Roses and you know guys like that around. Isaac Luke in the in the hooker. Wow, that mm. yeah, I would never have him in there. Second row, Watmo and Taylor. Fucking relax on the Watmo, son. Fuck, Watmo can make some mistakes. He plays brilliantly, or he plays injured. There's only two two speeds. Fuck of off. <laughs> Fuck off. He has some mistakes in his game. That man. Mateo. I respect the way he plays, but he can make he can drop a fucking ball <laughs> in the play of the ball. I've got a note here for myself. <laughs> fucking Mup. He put he sent through a, a diamonds only side, which was a link to the, the Titans team list for that week. <laughs> fucking spastic. Uh it's Mitchell one eighty. Otherwise known as Mitch One. Are we gonna read all these out? Well, I want to. I want to give. The, we've sure got, we we got just pick a top three. We got two left, and I think we might do that from now on. But I figured this week, you know, it's the first one we've had a massive amount of entries, so we might as well. Yeah, but fuck. Once you get to the point where you're reading out a Mitchell team, like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one, the Mitchell team, Molson, yes, Vatavai and Sissa Wanga, and he's a Storm fan, so he's fucking slaying his own people here. Two dads and Fanua in the centres, Sauer and Sando in the halves. Props for Feeder and Tamo. McCulloch again at hooker. Blair and Taylor in second row. And Mateo, popular choice at lock. And finally, Sam McNally, 5482. So he's a 5,482nd best Sam McNally that we know. Barber, Vatavai, Jennings. Oh, Hayne. wow. Hayne as a centre in the Rocks and Diamond side. Wolfman, fair enough. Sowden and Sando again. Okay, Kane's a hell of a drug. Fafita and Blair at prop. Luke at hooker. Watmo, T-Rex, Mateo as a captain. Coach, Tim Sheens. Which is, you know, probably, yeah, probably fair call. <laughs> probably Sheens. fair call. Okay, so uh, we, uh, back to our regularly scheduled uh, 
Twitter nonsense. Tiger underscore Benji, you've had a crack at this one already, but he said, hey guys, just thinking if Harrell's girl's name is Blakely, what was Mona's dog's name? I responded, Grace. Grace. (laughs) (laughs) And he basically no-sold it completely. Yeah. Just just stiff-armed it. Uh, Just batted it away, straight back down. (laughs) Former underscore legend. I think you blokes should award Blake Ashford at the end of the year for services to first try scorer sports betting. I agree 100%. It's becoming a thing. It is. It's a. It's been a thing for many weeks. This is this this entire season. But people have like it was going on for a while, and people yeah. probably didn't realise it was quite the phenomenon that it was. Yeah, and now it's and just, now it's just just motherfuckers just, are retiring every second week. It's, it's exactly. It's better. I mean, it's, it's better. It's better odds than, than you know. Like, it's safer than putting it in the bank. Quite frankly, Slerious. <laughs> bank of Ashford. Slerious. <laughs> I'm going to be unleashing the cast on my, the cast, meaning the podcast, I presume, on my Brazilian office this week. Make sure you load up your vocab with plenty of cunt this week. On his Brazilian office. Yeah. So I guess that's where he's basically waxing. Well, I think vaginas. the one thing we can learn from that is that Slerious doesn't have any hair on his balls. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what else we can learn. Maybe. And his profession is, you know, basically administering racing stripes to to women. Yeah. Fuck, you can learn a lot about a bloke with very little information if you make it up. <laughs> the Ben Zed. He sent us this. He said, fancy seeing Luke Brooks in Potts Point on a Monday night. <laughs> he sent a picture of a wheelie bin full of rubbish. <laughs> no, it's hilarious. What okay. a fuckhead that guy's. He just dead set. Like, it's like he wakes up in the morning and he goes, yesterday took my whole fuckhead act to a new level today gonna level up there's the bar let's see if I can jump this (laughs) (laughs) Unky D another one of your favourites Glenn truly is a multi-talented person sidekick on the world's number one NRL podcast and now he's won Eurovision it's interesting that he he's really trying so hard by calling me a sidekick uh, he's trying to hit you on multiple fronts there yeah that's it I just I find that you know he's he's clearly that malnourished that it's it's affecting his ability uh, to grow facial hair. Are you going to let the you, you're aware of the Eurovision the bearded lady? Yeah, I'm getting so, there. I was going to say you're so, just going to let that slide. It's you know he doesn't have the ability during to the fact that he he's you know he's anorexia. It's very unfortunate, um, but it's it's really stunted uh, the puberty onset and uh, can't grow facial hair. And people that can, he he obviously takes offence to takes great offence to that. And that's something he probably needs to work on with you know if there was anyone that loved him, he could probably talk to them. But See, I was thinking with a name like unfortunately Valente, everyone thinks he's a cunt. I always thought you know you know the name like Valente, he would have had this you know three musketeers fucking you know epic twirly fucking moustache and, and you know beard combination it would it would make sense but I think he's the shame of his family yeah which would understand he's Tall Hayden who's an excellent listener of the show I must add he's a fucking top dude not going to hack on him at all he said um this week in league material me and we're fucking from the same place this week in league material being ripped off again Sunday footy show comparing footy families how fucking convinced coincidental Mere days. I have this real thing at the moment with uh, a lot of like movies and stuff. It's you know like people are running out of fucking ideas. Like mm-hmm. if they're not remaking something, they're, they're yep. you know just copying an idea of, yep. and and repasting it sort of thing. Clearly, mm-hmm. rugby league shows running out of ideas, and the yep. only fucking fresh new shit on the block is us. Mm-hmm. Clearly, the, the Channel Nine shows are like, well, this fucking putting putting fatty in a dress thing. 
Yeah, yeah. that's that's gotten old. That what whole can we do? funny camera thing with Bo Ryan's head looking a different shape uh, and putting. Yeah, we need yeah. something new, guys. Yeah. Something new that we can rip off someone else. Shout out to the Channel Nine interns listening to the show for ideas Good this on week, you guys. You're doing a great job. Slurious. Can confirm the podcast does aid sleep on long haul flights. Definitely wasn't the Valium or Scotch. Yeah. Tall That's Hayden rich again. coming from shiny balls. Yeah. Tall Hayden. Control yourself, Glenn. But look what SBW does when he sees this week in league. <laughs> and it's a picture that he's yes. taken at the Roosters game on Friday night. With uh, He's holding up his this week in league hat available in the <clears> store. <throat> Lucky I wasn't there. I would have used his hat to catch... Wait, And, and Sonny Bill is basically presenting... Would be the fair term for it. He, he's stretching, Nathan. Is what he's doing. Let's presenting. What if I, sully I everything. What if this? He's he's there. He's stretching. He's limbering up for his athletic pursuit. And you've got to sexualise it. It's listen. I, I, you, I find it quite sad. I didn't start this fucking tying him up and putting honey and whatever else you said. You started that, and that is why you you're reaping what you sown a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Boy, nineteen eighty six. The great episode. Well said on the whole fair punishment thing. Fair play to the Blakely bird. So my first At problem. At first, when I read that, I thought he was talking about me. Why? <laughs> why, why is, is this, this a Eurovision thing bird? again? Is this like back to Eurovision? <laughs> <laughs> like, he's, he's he's calling you. He's calling you a female. No, he's not. He's saying fair play to the chick. Yeah, the sucking the Blakely yeah, chick. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 know, I know. Oh no, you didn't. I've just set you straight. You're fucking welcome. <laughs> no, I wanted to fucking play. I wanted, I wanted to keep playing with the idea that you're a chick, a bearded lady. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a teeny tiny penis, but it's still a penis. <laughs> Erebus Chaos. What a cunt of a day. I fucking hate this job. Can't wait to get home and watch some footy and drink beers and tweet you gronks. Isn't that nice? We can help help not brother. Really, out. But <laughs> we can help. It's not, well, it's, I mean, it's terrible. I mean, I feel, I, feel, I feel for the guy, but if we can make his day a little bit better, then I'm happy with that. I mean, you know, presumably, you know, it's like 1-2% yeah. Yeah, that we had. Uh, but fucking, he sounds like a miserable cunt. If we can do any, anything, we can do, mate. If we need anything, any reason to kick this mup, mup 23, listening to episode 153 of This Week in League, oh well, they can't all be good. <laughs> Keep trying, <laughs> Little mate. cunt. Devonhead. This is the question that he asked me through the week, and I want to make sure. He said, LOL, Anchorman reference went straight over Blakely's head. No, it didn't. I defended you, and I said, no, the, the the look I got was one of recognition, I thought. Is that the thing about mahogany? Or yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking come on, man. So, so fuck you, Trotters. This Trotters asking it. I, defend, I said that, no, actually, I think that, um, no, I got I recognition just, how, back. On, a, on, an, on an audio medium. Yeah. How the fuck would he have known if it's gone straight over my head? Because I didn't go, well, great Anchorman reference, Nathan. You didn't go... Like, this is the sort of shit. Could you imagine sitting at the fucking breakfast table with that fucking idiot as he, like, commits cannibalism by eating bacon and eggs? <laughs> Everything that has to be spelt out. Just heading over to the fridge now, trotters, to get out the orange juice. I'm speaking like this because you're a fucking retard. <laughs> And from our, our new friend, Dats True, D-A-T-S-S-T-R-U. He's become annoying. Double glazed stiff arm has to be one of the best headings for a while. Hash, still fuck manly in the face. And he's got this hash Dats True thing. He's trying to get that <laughs> over. Like I said, becoming annoying. Spoiler, on the end of the Twillies, the hashtag of the year, not fucking that. Not by a long shot, son. <laughs> yeah, that one of the options will be anything but hash Dats True. And that motherfucker, Dats True. <laughs> Facebook, Anthony Crozier. Thank God for this show. Have been missing rugby league whilst away sinking beer and tequila in Mexico. On the upside, the Mexicans listening in the room next door can now comfortably conjugate cunt into their poorly spoken English. Keep it up, guys. 
Chris Crow, question for next week. After what Nissy sent this in, watching the Cowboys and Rabbits game, would you rather have Matt Scott or George Burgess in your side right now? And if Fafita was going to get 800k of Bulldog cash, what's George going to get? And he says best prop in the game, in my opinion. I don't know about that, but well, Who's based the best on last prop in the game? He he's he's saying George George Burgess is is, is the best in, prop in, in the game in his opinion. He he wouldn't fucking. I think his question got answered on what this week or Friday night when Matt Scott went Matt fucking Scott's fucking boots. I mean, Matt Scott probably had his career game though. I mean, like he was. He, he took it up a notch, he but he's off. had some fucking cracking games in his yeah, career. Oh, I thought so. I mean, I find it hard to think about you know who the who the best prop in the game at the moment is. But and I'd, like, I'd, I'd say Matt Scott. Yeah, I think it, it probably. I has mean, to, it clearly you can't you can't just say Aaron Woods because he's on a level when you've got a you've got a judge from the mortals. You can't just pick Aaron Woods because it's not fair. So when you're trying to have a fair playing field and you have to exclude Aaron Woods, you'd say Matt Scott. Yeah, Matt Scott would absolutely fucking bend over Aaron Woods. Repeatedly. Because he's that in love with the way he plays rugby league. He wants to have sex with him. I understand and I agree, Nathan. And um, I just want to give a shout out to a person by the name of Robert Parkinson. He does a podcast over there in England called Devil in the Detail podcast and it's a game day podcast for Salford and Salford. the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because I wonder if he if he brings it to our attention on our, on our uh, Facebook page every week because he's a listener of this show and he thinks there's an affinity with Salford because of your fucking mangulation of the <laughs> of the word or, or what well I, I don't understand like in England you can go fucking three steps across the road because it's that much of a fucking tiny joint filled with idiots like you could go across the street and I'll speak a different fucking dialect. Yeah. So, you know... In my experience in England, I find that to be correct, yes? Yeah, that's right. So, if I put a bit of a Westy twang and say Salford, and you put some fucking pompous fucking shithead twang on it that say Sal- Salford or whatever the fuck it is that comes out of your fucking gob, how <laughs> is that different? <laughs> how is that different? It's just a different dialect, mate. I speak a language of the people and you speak a language of cunts. Where's Tigers? <laughs> <laughs> from email, uh, from Shabugan, whose first name is Mark. I don't know if he wants his last Shibugan. name out there. Hey guys, without attempting to sound condescending in any way... <laughs> what about the disclaimer at the start so we don't yeah, hammer him? Just wait. I just wanted to say how proud I was of you last episode when you condemned what Mitch Moses did, especially in Glenn, given he's a Tiger supporter. I don't think I'd be out of line by saying there's a deep vein of social conservatism that runs through rugby league fans and probably players also, which is what allows for this sort of behaviour in the first place. And to hear you guys come out hard against it made my fucking day. Keep doing what you do, guys. The podcast is fantastic, as are you. Yeah, well, that makes me feel a little bit bad for slamming him before you read it. I was going to say, say, yeah, I was gonna say you, you, you had to fucking go off half cock. I don't... Which, I, I mean, you can't help yourself. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you had a full I'm, one... I'm you... on a bit of a roll. I'm juiced up. I had this little... Um, my sister gave me this energy shot thing because I'm, like, I'm shot and I need energy. So she gave me an energy shot from Isagenics. She does from, that. From, from, from Isagenics. From fucking street corner from a crack den. Am I? <laughs> um... And I don't know if that's got me pepped up or if it's this fact that I'm on my second can of caffeine, sug- you know, sugarless caffeine. But I'm feeling it tonight. I'm, I'm in. I'm on. But uh, just just on the, the the homophobic slur, I couldn't give a fuck if who said what or what club they played for. It's it's a social it's a social problem, and it's something that if you heard it on the street. If I heard it on the street, 
from some everyday fucking yep. Joe Blow. You'd pull him aside. You'd and... fucking say, pull your fucking head in, moron. Yep. The fact that it comes from a, a guy that played f- plays for my team, it's it's fucking makes no difference to me. And I, I just think, and I, think, I don't know if it's the older I get or the more I now I'm exposed to other families now that Jackson's at school, he's yep. playing footy. You get exposed to other other families and and some shitty fucking parenting, Nathan. <laughs> Can I, I wanted to sugarcoat that, but there's no way to do it. Look, I mean, in the theme of this show, you could say you could say you've come in contact with a lot of cunts. Yes, essentially, exactly right. Um, and it's it's cunts not, who are raising cunts. Yes, exactly right. And I've you know I've, on the on the flip side of that, I've met some absolutely fucking fantastic parents that, that do. a Fucking far better job than I do, but when you hear some of the things that come out of the, some kids' mouths, yep, just in general conversation, yep, you're like, where where are you headed, mate? Yep, where the fuck are you headed? It's and I would feel like a failure if Full, at fully, any age, <laughs> fully badged member of bikey gang, exactly right. I would feel like a failure at, at any age, where if that coming out of Jackson's or Leo's mouth, you know, and mm-hmm. Um, Nicklin, I can't remember what what she was watching. Um, she watches a lot of fucking crime shows, but um, <laughs> Jackson happened to come into the room, and Nicklin was watching a show. I'm pretty sure because it was in the uh, in the lounge room that I'm pretty sure it wasn't porn. Um, but with Nicklin, you can never be 100 percent certain. <laughs> she does have a little bit of a problem. Jackson came into the room, two girls kissing. Jackson's like, "Why, mate? Why are the two girls kissing, Mum?" She's like, oh, well, they don't love each other, mate. He goes, but shouldn't it be a woman and a man? Nicklin's like, well, it's not always like that, mate. Sometimes two two men, two two boys or two men can love each other or two girls. Nicklin's like, wasn't really on planning having this conversation yeah. at six, but, yeah, you know, yeah. he's asking the so question. So she didn't get into, like, scissoring or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, probably didn't broach that subject. Maybe wait till he's seven. Um, and... Jackson said, "Oh, no. Well, normally it's normally it's it's a man and a, and a lady, isn't it?" And she's, "Well, most of the time, mate. But yeah, that's you know, it, sometimes you will see two ladies or two men." And he was like, "Yeah, okay, cool." Walked away. And you know, say, saved himself from being stood down from the Springfield Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> Still, but yeah. you could imagine that same conversation could happen in another household, and it'd be like. It's fucking appalling, and you know, yeah. fucking. Do- yep, yep, yep. That's how this shit is fostered. So, exactly. Um, don't be a fucking shit parent at the end of the day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, membership just finally. Uh, still, we're still getting some memberships trickle through. I haven't done an, uh, an official count on. Uh, I know we haven't breached the uh, total amount, but I think we're sort of down to about the last ten. Ten to fourteen, if I had to guess. So, uh, yeah. Get your orders in if you want the membership. Uh, you've seen the lanyards, of course. Uh, yes. I f- sorry, I forgot to provide your email. Um, they're on their way. Uh, I'm getting shipping emails from DHL all the time, and uh, we could probably post you know, a picture of them. Probably, yeah, I could probably could post a picture. Yeah, give people something to look at, and uh, yeah, and so they'll they'll so probably. So now be we have here. the coolers, lanyards. Well, lanyards will be here shortly. Yeah, and lanyards stickers. shortly. Yep, stickers and the shirts are on their way. Uh, not let the. They're being produced. I don't think they're on their way yet, but I will check up later this week. Because uh, I usually badger the guy. Uh, all the time, but uh, I think the question that's going to get asked from 
I mean, let's say, you know, we've, we do have a lot of fuckhead listeners and <laughs> members, um, which I love. And thank members, you for members, the show. Members, and they're not fuckheads. They're, they're tremendous people. No, they're great. Paragons um, of fucking But they humor. say a lot of dumb stuff. That's all I'm saying. They do have, they do have their, 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 their moments. Uh, yeah, they Especially, do moments. So, you know, you could imagine, let's say, in one of their, you know, very rare, yep. once they've paid their membership, mm-hmm. very rare, fuckhead moments. Probably say, before they were members, they had that happen. They probably haven't done yeah, it since. And, and it's probably once they've paid their membership, it's probably starting to trickle out. Yeah. Still a little bit of a, <laughs> still a little bit of a drain there. Um, just they're probably going to start saying, "Are we going to see our shirts before the season's out? Are they going to be outdated?" <sighs> Morons. The answer is we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would imagine that, I would imagine that people will probably have them certainly within a month. And I mean, probably sooner because I mean, it's already been like you know a while I've been produced. So I mean, I'm actually expecting to get the to get the uh, the call any day to say check your email. Here's a picture. You happy? And uh, go from there. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you've got guys like Shane, Aaron, Elvis. Well, I mean, you know, if you want your shirt so bad, fucking magic it up, mate. Yeah, well, did, he didn't answer my question. Is he Cast a fucking magician? Is he an entertainer? This, no. What's he doing? I saw someone on Twitter, it may have been a Mitchell, let's face it, nine out of ten people on Twitter are Mitchells, mm. who said, and so other- are you a magician? <laughs> like, he actually, and the uh, other one is a cunt, so ten out of ten people on Twitter are cunts. <laughs> yeah. So he said, yeah, and he actually said, so what, So are you a magician? <laughs> Everyone wants to know, inquiring minds want to know, motherfucker, you send us tweets every week, how about you tweet as an answer? And looking at his avi at the moment, he's holding a, a glass of, I'm pretty sure, it, he's probably trying to pass it off as red wine, I think it's tar, um, and he's got a very sad looking face, plus he looks unhappy. He's unhappy. a South fan, I thought it was Cherry Metho. I think you could be right. He's got a very sad looking face, and he's unhappy. Um... I think he's, it, you know, things in the magician game aren't that good. He actually put that photo on our They're Facebook like, after the game. Oh, let me guess, you're going to pull a fucking rabbit out of your hat. <laughs> oh, you've got a scarf up your sleeve. Yeah. Try something new, cunt. <laughs> and tell us if you're a fucking magician, for fuck's sake. We want to know. Everyone does now. The Mitchells want to know. Come on. It could be at the meetup. There could be, you know, an entertainment gig. You could be entertaining people. Exactly. Make yourself disappear, you fuckhead. We'll get what more over to throw coins at you. <laughs> News. First story, and this is one that this it warms the cockles of my heart, the sub cockles everywhere, and um, I think I like. I'd hope that it would do the same for all rugby league fans, fans of this great sport. A barrister has been appointed to assist with the NRL's latest investigation into football boss Todd Greenberg, whose denial of being shown a ledger of football bets placed on behalf of late prop Ryan Tandy conflicts with evidence sworn before the New South Wales Police and Local Court. So Dominic Villa was engaged to work alongside the NRL Integrity Unit boss Nick Weeks, who's spoken with two key witnesses, former racing reporter John Shell and Bulldogs football manager Alan Thompson over the past 48 hours. The investigation centres on the contents of a meeting between Greenberg, Shell and Thompson at a Sydney Olympic, at Sydney Olympic Park on 18th of August 2010, shortly after Tandy had signed a two-year extension worth 350 grand with the Bulldogs. Shell approached the pair with a handwritten ledger he claimed was evidence the front rower owed him $30,370 in gambling debts. The ledger shows four separate bets in NRL matches totaling $21,000. So Shell testifies he produced the ledger at the at that meeting when uh, he was 
addressing police. He repeated that evidence from the witness stand in the New South Wales local court during Tandy's trial for lying to the New South Wales Crime Commission on 9th of September 2011. During cross-examination from Tandy's counsel, Tony Bolanto QC, Shell testified he recorded all bets and kept the ledger folded in his pocket. Uh, he then asked Shell whether he showed the ledger to Greenberg and Thompson. He said, I believe I did, yes. So, um, it's not looking good for, you know, this this guy's... Teflon you know, Todd. Yeah, it's not looking good for Teflon Todd. I mean, he got out of the, the barber thing by the skin of his teeth. You know, um, and the spokesman from the NRL said, Mr. Greenberg says at no stage during the meeting was there any suggestion or allegation of betting on rugby league matches. Mr. Greenberg categorically dismisses any suggestion otherwise. He's maintained his silence. And uh, it was on, it was it was like four corners or seven seven thirty program on the ABC. Is last the allegation night. that the ledger was just gambling debts, and that he had a gambling <clears throat> problem, or that he was that he that had evidence that he was gambling on rugby league matches? Yeah, but there's a lot of shit you can gamble yeah, on but, without gambling on rugby league. I, it's probably related. To the, it's it's probably related to a couple of things. A that he had a gambling problem, and that they you know that they you know ignored it or you know didn't address it and then yeah and also a gambling problem which resulted in bets on on, mm. on the NRL um, so we'll see where that goes but part two private communiques of Canterbury's secret bid to steal Des Hasler from Manly in 2011 have emerged conflicting with public statements from ex-Bulldog CEO Todd Greenberg later that year despite Greenberg maintaining all negotiations were, on, were focused on appointing Hasler for 2013 uh, the Daily Telegraph got correspondence, I wonder who from, that betrays Canterbury's desire to install the coach at Belmore 12 months earlier. The correspondence also reveals the Bulldogs were prepared to con- consider indemnifying Hasler against any legal action from Manly, which claimed that the former Seagull star had a binding contract to, remo- to remain at Brookvale in 2012, which obviously he did. After Manly terminated Hasler in November 2011, Greenberg publicly dismissed suggestions of coercion. So these emails, I've known about them for a long time. At the time when all this dead shit was going down, you know, I was mystified. I was like, "Why the fuck don't you bring these out and just and just take Des down?" And the the general response to that was, you know, at the end of the day, he's poaching players, trying to poach players, you know, left, right, and center, and we don't want to make it like a Des versus the club thing, mm. and you know, make the play, you know, players, you know, just tip things. We want to get everybody back in the fold, make sure he doesn't poach anyone, and then you know, kind of just let it just let it slide because. You know, just to fucking, just to make the peace and just move on and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, in any case, these emails are now surfacing right when Greenberg needs them least for his cause. And uh, I think it's fucking great. It's karma. The, the alleged, you know, I'm doing quotes in the air. Best operator in the game. As mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, he's taken the crown from the previous best operator in the game, Michael Searle, who also turned out to be crooked. Um, I love it. I love it. I hope he gets kicked out of football. I hope he never fucking works in rugby league again. I hope he never works again. Fuck that guy. I hope it, it's one of those situations where the fucking truth does come out mm-hmm. and that the NRL holds themselves to a higher standard than that sort of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, there's fucking no place for it. At the end of the day, like, if things like that get through an integrity commission, mm-hmm. or, or um, what's the fucking point of it? And what is the point of... Exactly, exactly. He barely got through the Ben Barber thing with the, with the skin of his teeth. And I mean, obviously, that was some, there was some shit going on in that as well that I can't believe he, you know, managed to survive. However... Let well, me just say, clearly someone... I'm not saying someone. But there's, a, there's a bit of an agenda of people that dislike Todd Greenberg. And I'm not honest saying... Honest rugby league fans, essentially. Th- yeah, that's what I'm saying. They're... they're 
you know, if they're digging up actual facts mm-hmm. and he's got cases to answer, I, I don't have any issue at all watching him squirm. Yep. And um and answer in a public way um as to how that's that's all come about. Yep. So, so um, it's, yeah. very very ordinary. It's um, like the truth is starting to come out, and so I hope the I just, I just commission... hope that you know if the media gets enough um wind behind it and and it becomes a flavour of you, you know it doesn't just go away and people yeah. are like, well, whatever happened to that Greenberg thing? Oh, we've yeah. never fucking heard about it. Oh, he's still there now. He's the head of the NRL. Mm. And uh, for some reason, mainly getting docked two points every week. <laughs> Negative 50 on the ladder. Yeah, but um, yeah, I hope the truth comes out. I hope the Integrity Commission or whoever, you know, you know, Dave himself, takes that truth, rolls it up, bashes it straight up Greenberg's fucking ass because he can't had it coming for fucking years. Next, Mitchell Pearce. Mitchell Pearce will be available for the State of Origin, much to New South Wales supporters' dismay. <laughs> Mitchell Pearce will be available for the upcoming State of Origin season after the Roosters have convinced NRL officials not to suspend him for two matches. He was given a one-match ban and a $20,000 fine after being issued with an infringement notice by police for failure to quit a licensed premises at King's Cross in the early hours of Sunday morning. Can you believe he's the most capped Blues halfback in Origin history? That is a that's, that's a, a that's, very distressing stat. That's a that's a great honour, and I mean a direct correlation to eight in a row. I would <laughs> say. <laughs> but apparently, uh, if the Roosters officials hadn't have uh, lobbied the NRL, he would have already been ruled out of the first game because they wanted to impose a two-match suspension. So um, the Roosters proposed a one-match ban and twenty thousand dollars fine, and argued that Pierce would have been a further thirty thousand out of pocket in match payments for Origin if the suspension was any longer. Boyd Corden copped a five grand fine, half of which was suspended for breaching club and NRL standards after he and Pierce were evicted from the Clovelly Hotel last Saturday night and continued drinking at the Beach House in Kellett Street. Pierce was arrested at about 1.30am on Sunday after a female patron complained about him to uniformed police who were in the night spot and he refused to leave the premises. It's... it's Well, they've stood him down, which is... Yeah. It's a bit of a contrast to the fact that he was cleared and then yep. he's been stood down. Mm-hmm. The video footage was wasn't the best. Yeah, but I mean, he certainly didn't Blake Ferguson her either. No, that's pretty obvious. Um, I just the thing I dislike most is the fact that the media have gone after the the lady in question. Well, the the media in quotes. Masood was the one that actually like wrote the Started, article. Yeah, well, that, you know, had pictures of her and you know said what her Instagram account was and, and all that sort of stuff. And then she just got avalanched. And whether I, I just I hate it's it's a bit like we were saying with um with the homophobic slur. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a social thing. Mm-hmm. I hate this argument that what a female is wearing. Is like an invitation or a fucking, yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, I couldn't control myself. She she looked fucking hot. Well, yeah. that just insinuates that all blokes are fucking savages. Sex pests. Yeah. Essentially. Give me a fucking break. We're not all Andos 20s. Yeah, okay. On, like, attractive woman, don't get me wrong. I appreciate an attractive woman as much as an ex-bloke. But well, I'm not going to go up to her and try and, you know, pick her up like a bowling ball. I'm not going to take her down to AMF and try and fucking get a spare. Um, <laughs> I just... I hate that insinuation and the fact that you know 
one of, fucking like it or not, one of the leading fucking media publications mm-hmm. has taken that tack and and gone after because she posted selfies of her wearing, you know, yeah, like yeah, saying this, you know, reviewing the, clothes. Yeah. Fucking cares. Yeah. I don't care if she was wearing fucking a dress that wasn't as long as her vagina. And I don't care if she was wearing Ugg boots and tracky dacks. What what she was wearing, I don't care if she wasn't wearing anything. Mm-hmm. What she was wearing doesn't come into it. Exactly, exactly. And I don't care if he tapped her on the ass or Blake Ferguson or whatever the fuck. If he's done it unsolicited mm-hmm. and she's taken offence to it, then yep. there's a case to answer. Mm-hmm. So um, the fact that she wanted to be... Uh, to remain anonymous and and you uh, want to press charges and you know, yeah. not, not to take the matter any further yeah okay and fair and maybe she's decided okay it was you know he's been a fuckhead I've, I've told the police about it and, and let's leave it at that and then the media have taken it upon themselves or, or Masood or, or whoever have taken it upon themselves to, to make it this massive issue about what she was wearing well wasn't she trying to be the bigger person in it you know, if at the end of yeah, the day yeah. saying, okay, I'll take it to this level, but let's not make a, yeah. you know, a huge it's situation. It's not like take it to this level. I mean, she's basically got the cops to, to you know, make it, make, fucking... it, make a problem disappear yeah. by the time. And then, you know, because the problem happened to be a high profile person, then... And all credit to her, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's how she saw yep. fit to deal with it. Yep. And it was her request that she remain anonymous. And the media have taken it upon themselves to make this fucking big salacious story about oh look at her she she wears revealing clothing and she yeah. takes selfies well yeah. it's fucking pathetic what the fuck is wrong with people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Josh Masood that one yeah exactly and, and I he just he a lot of fucking stick online and, and from guys you know, on Twitter and you know his block button got a fucking good workout and, let me tell you and there's absolutely no fuck me dead there's no such thing as an acceptable rape story but there have been some fucking Atrocious and sickening fucking examples of of rapes in recent recent yep. times um, that have made you know big headlines in the media, and they should all make big headlines in the media. But is is that what we're coming come down to? Well, oh no, she was just wearing Ugg boots and tracky dacks. Well, that's a fucking horrible. It's it's an outrage. That's terrible. Can't, she wasn't asking for it. Yeah, that one exactly. Wasn't asking for it, but that chick you know, in the yellow well, dress. Well, she she wasn't was, that attractive. Yeah. You know. Oh well, no, she didn't have it coming. I mean, these these guys are monsters. Then the next girl is wearing, you know, some a clothing. Yellow, yellow dress slid up the thigh. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, well, I mean, what did she expect was going to happen? Why else was she wearing a dress like that? Yeah. Clearly, she wanted the D. Yeah, I just I fucking hate that. Yep. And yep. as someone that you know, I don't have a daughter, but mm-hmm. surely you, as someone with a daughter, must just yep. go. The fuck is I'm going to go to fucking jail. Is she going to grow crap in? In 20 years, this show definitely won't be happening because I will be in jail. Because I would <laughs> guarantee you, well, what she's you know just over two now. So I guarantee you, in probably in about 14 years, I would have killed a motherfucker with my bare hands. I'd probably be working on a couple at that stage. Exactly. You know, like let's face it, all I got to do, all I got to get a report back from killer is just you know like that guy was talking to her at school. <laughs> like, all right, snap that cut's neck. <laughs> Let's take preventative measures here. Now, just got a couple of stories in brief. 
Zane Tedovano, for the second time, Newcastle have sacked the forward for disciplinary reasons. And they, they axed him. Uh, they they terminated his contract effective immediately. Um, the same day, he appeared in court over a late-night incident in which a taxi was damaged. He was fined $440 after pleading guilty to uh, damage-slash-destroy property after smashing a taxi windscreen during a fit of rage. The court heard Tedovano had been arguing with his now ex-girlfriend when he called a taxi to leave. When the cab arrived, he punched its windscreen, smashing it and prompting the driver to call police. And this came just months after he was issued with an apprehended violence order after an incident that allegedly left his girlfriend with bruises to her arm, chest, and back. Oh. At her request, the AVO, AVO was later revoked, but hello, fucking... Another one of those. Well, his contract's been torn up. Hopefully no one picks it up. You know, I don't want to say that someone should, you know, die in poverty, but... I've got no fucking sympathy whatsoever for this guy. And the fuck out happened. of the game and take Robert Lou with her. Exactly. <laughs> Next, as we allude to at the top of the oh, show. Just, sorry, oh, sorry, just yeah. on that. Every fucking women in league round, or around this time of year... They just can't... They, what is it? <sighs> is it stuff that any other time of the year gets fucking swept under the carpet, and then all of a sudden the media's like, well, this will make a big story. It's women in league women round. In league, women in league can't. We better or, axe that player or, for bashing his missus. Fuck. The fuck is wrong with these cunts? I don't give a fuck if it's women league around or not. Like the fact that he's he's committed that, you know, he's assaulted his his misses and the fuck is wrong with these idiots? And the thing is, he doesn't get fired for the AVO and assaulting his misses. He only gets fired when he smashes the windscreen on a taxi later. You know, and down you the know road. what it comes down to again? And it's a the theme of the show: shitty fucking parenting. Yep. Because if my son ever grows up at any point in his life and thinks it's acceptable, if that thought even went through his mind. I would appear in an instant and attack him, mm-hmm. myself, mm-hmm. with my bare hands, mm-hmm. as is my duty as a parent. Yep. Because it's my duty as a parent not to have a child that's a fucking cunt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Mate, that's it. That's it. And you know, if more people had that, you know, had that kind of uh, outlook on things, you'd have less of these little fucking mi- miniature cunts running around and that grow you know up into big cunts. I don't care if if it's a rugby league player or, or if. You know, anyone that does that is a fucking deplorable human. Mm-hmm. But if it's someone that is, you know, comes through the fucking ranks and been identified as a talent and been giving, given, you know, an NRL career with hard work, training, all the rest of it, but has had a fucking a career laid out for them mm-hmm. on a silver fucking platter in an athletic pursuit, yep. which is a fucking far cry from the poor motherfuckers starting at 4.30am and fucking yep. being a chippy or a fucking plumber or knee-deep in other for like, people's yeah, shit for, for, for 10 all, hours a day. For fucking apprentice wages and yeah, the rest of it. Exactly right. Then that pri- that's a fucking privilege. Mm-hmm. And if you expose yourself as that much of a fucking deplorable human that you can engage in that sort of thing, then you should have that privilege taken away. That for privilege should be good. revoked immediately. For good. Mm-hmm. Not, oh, give him a two-year ban, give him a year ban. Fuck him off for good. I'm with you all the way. All of them. Every last fucking one of them. And I don't care if that means that, you know, at some point in time, we lose fucking six players from the West Tigers. Yep. And we have five years of shit performances because we lost all these good players because they turned out to be cunts. Mm-hmm. I don't care. At least you don't have the a cunt game team. Should, game should take a fucking stand. Mm-hmm. Then women in league round will mean something. Oh, we've got women that work in canteens. Oh, at local footy grounds. They love, they love pulling out the canteens. Though. They That's do it. canteens and they sell raffle tickets. It's fucking 
fantastic. But when they get home, their fucking sons and their fucking husbands and their boyfriends beat them. And their boyfriends just happen to be NRL players. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Don't mention that. Let's, Fuck that. Let's focus on the fucking tuck shop ladies. Yeah. Women in the league round should mean something. And it should mean women that are, are, are fucking family members, loved ones, uh, and anyone associated with the game that gets treated, it should be treated with respect, as all women should be. But if you're going to have a women in league round, it should stand for something. Absolutely, absolutely. Maybe, you know, you know and, and it doesn't stand for much when people like, you know, Robert Louis and are playing that very fucking week. Exactly. I tell you, we've been... Um, We've been ramping up some real talk in the last few weeks on these episodes. We have. I'm fucking extra ragey tonight. I think I've had a rough week. And... But really, I mean, rough week or not, like, a cunt is still a cunt. Yeah, and I mean, that's a brilliant segue to, oh no, sorry, it's K-Hunt. The Storm are interested in luring the high profile, I'd, I'd debate the high profile, Gold Coast Suns player to Melbourne if he decides that this year in the AFL is his last. The Sun are yet to enter negotiations with Hunt, who's out of contract at the end of the season. He's been out of reach to NRL clubs since switching codes in 2009 because AFL promotional top-ups that sit outside the cal- salary cap push his annual wage to about a million dollars. But the NRL may finally get its revenge with a recent salary cap shake-up, meaning league chief executive Dave Smith has the power to centrally contract marquee players. Storm coach Craig Bellamy confirmed the club would be keen to speak to Hunt if he was interested in a move south, describing him as the type of player I like to coach. If he was interested in coming here, we'd be interested in having a chat to him. Obviously, he could play a fair few positions too. And outside of the Carmichael Hunt thing, this happened probably immediately after we put the show live last week, so I just missed out and I almost forgot about it. But yeah, the changes with the salary cap. Where He's they the type sit. of player that Craig Bellamy likes to coach. What rugby league atrocities has Carmichael Hunt ever committed, other than playing for the Broncos? Maybe, you know, I, I, I do not watch AFL. I don't know what happens, but maybe he's doing the mid-air karate kicks on people when they're going up for marks. Is he sliding in studs so, up? Sliding in studs up. Elbowing people, people in the fucking the When they're on the ground. Like his Tito Ortiz vintage. Changes to the salary cap. Yeah. But this centrally, the one thing that, I mean, there's, there have been long, long service, you know, adjustments to the long service and that sort of thing. I don't have it all in front of me. But that one where the they can centrally contract marquee stars and give them a certain amount of money. Is that and like then, the cricket ACB do? I th- like yeah, an ACB I think contract so, so you have an just, NRL contract? I don't understand completely how, I mean, how can that system, does it, does it, does it turn out, say, like uh, Manly and the Broncos are after a particular player? Player X, and some guy doesn't exist. He's amazing, though. The NRL want to keep that guy in the code, so they're going to chuck 500 Gs into the kitty. And then does it come down to a straight-up battle how much under the salary cap each club can offer him, and then if he goes goes for the money or not? Taking the cricket thing, is it the top 25? Yeah. Fucking cricket nerds like Dash and Dan would be able to tell us. Is it? I don't know if it's top 25 or top 50 or whatever the fucking number is of ACB contracted players. Yep. Why couldn't you have... NRL contracted players and, and, and it may extend to a top 50 yep, right? yep. so it's obviously going to include your fucking origin squads yeah. whatever the case but at the start of every year or it might go two years mm-hmm. New South Wales and Queensland name you know their top 25 mm-hmm. and I don't know how it would work maybe they name X amount and then the NRL name you know a few others. Yep. Um, because there's obviously marquees that don't fit origin. Yep. Kiwis. Kiwis and stuff, yep. yep. Um, and those guys, outside of their 
club contract are given marquee player. Is that what? And yeah, the, well, the, 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 I apologise for not understanding more about it. I haven't really had the idea. The it. idea is that uh, they don't get a situation where, like you know, with Israel Folau or someone you know leaving sure. leaving the sport because uh, this you know some other sport can offer one and a half million dollars. So this one would be like you know the way I the way I, I see it working is is that you know the club that actually wants to buy them, you know, there's maybe it's a bidding war. The club can, who can pay the most pays the most, but then the NRL would you know chip in to keep yeah. them inside the sport, not inside the you know like you know irrespective of the clubs. So uh, I guess we, it remains to be seen how it all how it Look, all works. Look, if, if nothing else, it's progress. Yeah, oh yeah, fuck and it. and it's good that they are continuing without. I have to say, the Glenn Stewart thing aside, without a massive furor or, or someone, I guess it was the Sonny Bill thing, but that happened a fair while ago, yeah. like certainly before the start of the yeah. season. Yeah. Um, there wasn't a big furor about missing, you know, Israel Folau or Carmichael Hunt or someone's left the fucking game and it's yeah. this huge. They've actually been, have attempted to get on the front foot with it. Yep. And if, if that's the Dave Smith regime, then I welcome it. Because yeah, there was far too much knee-jerk fucking um, reactive bullshit yeah. um, from the Gallup regime, and um, I think the game was poorer for it. So um, they may not get all, get it right, and it's hard if you, if you are trying to get on the front foot to make decisions right because you don't have the benefit of hindsight or um, or, or a lot of times you don't have the benefit of, of a precedent being set that you yeah. can, can deal with. So, um, But... You want powerful, lead, strong, powerful leadership, and you want someone that's going to be prepared to put their balls on the line and make a decision. And if it's not right, stand up and say, you know, at least we had a crack. And that's, you know, he's he's a strong business leader, yeah. and that's a that that comes down to fucking good business sense. Yeah. At the end of the day, you can sit there, and I've worked for both types of people. You can sit there all day and procrastinate and wait for shit to happen around you, and then react to it. Yep. But the strongest businesses have leaders at the top that go, you know what, this is what we're going to do. This yeah. is, you know, I have enough knowledge and um, and resources that tell me this is how I think based on experience, historical fucking data or whatever you mm. want to call on to say this is how something's going to go. It's and that's strat- the sort of leader you want. Yeah, it's, you, you, you want strategy, not tactics. Yeah. I mean, you want someone's actually strategy and not someone just reacting to things happening tactically. Exactly. Um, Glenn Stewart thing, though, one another portion of that salary cap thing. Of course, they fucking did something for long-serving players you know, the week after, as fucking predicted. Now... The ben- I don't want to go through all this bullshit. I just want now, to get do you your think opinion. that is, you know, contradicting what I just said? Is that a reaction to the Glenn Stewart thing, or was it something that they were working I reckon, on? I reckon it's something they were probably doing anyway, but it's just kind of funny timing. Mm. Um, the Benji saga. <laughs> so he's at the Dragons officially, could play this weekend given some conditions. What do you think? I don't have an issue with him playing for another club. I think it's, yes, it goes back on what he said, but. As I've said previously, I think in Benji's mind, that statement was never going to come into play because at this point he yeah. probably pictured himself having finishing up, being in... you know training with the All Blacks and yeah. and preparing for for the World Cup. Yeah, that's right. And that's how Benji's mind works. Yeah. Um, Delusional fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so he lives in the Matrix where he's a fucking top player. Um, the fact by all reports that um, he and his agent put this clause in that the Tigers would pay compensation if he did come back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's interesting, but... The, are you saying oh. that the clause was, was initiated by them or was yeah. it agreed to by them? I would have thought it would be initiated by the Tigers and agreed to by them. I have read 
via Twitter, so it has to be true that <laughs> it that clause was was initiated by them. So hmm. um, happy to be proven wrong, but either way, that termination of his contract was signed off on yeah, and yeah. was in there. So um, the Tigers are upholding the contract, um, and we spoke before we went on air about the the Maltzen thing. Yep. A lot of good faith there from the Dragons uh, on that Molson situation. I thought. Don't get me wrong. You know, you know. Anyone who's listened to this show for more than five minutes knows how I feel about Dragons. Yeah, and, so and I feel very place, much the same way. Mainly because they're fans of cockheads. But um, look, the Dragons had a choice as to how they wanted to handle it, and what a fucking surprise they handled it like a wet blanket. Um, the Tigers are showing strong, strong fucking leadership, um, and probably want to just turn the knife a little bit further in, in Benji's demise from the club. Yep. I don't have an issue with that. Um, I'm a bitch for a grudge too, so I would probably personally <laughs> handle the situation exactly the same, so it's hard for me to hate on them too much. Um, and if these were two other clubs we were talking about, I would say exactly the same thing. So if it's two other clubs, I was talking about, fuck, they fucking cares. care. Yeah. Just shut up with them, just get on the field and, and on fucking throw your passes into the 20th row and suck it up but, and the Dragons come last you know and what? fucking blah, blah, blah. For the interest it would generate and I anticipate some lols to my benefit. That's all I anticipate from the whole thing. This fucking assertion that somehow Benji's miraculous reappearance in rugby league is going to bring people to games and stuff no one in 2014 goes to a fucking game to watch Benji Marshall play unless you're a dragon season ticket holder and your fucking seat's been paid for already the end no one gives a fuck about Benji Marshall I think Tigers Tigers fans will show up to give it to him probably yeah that's right and that's what I mean that's like you know from the from the lols perspective mm. I, yeah I agree I mean there's going to be a lot of you know like schadenfreude from Tigers fans that are going to just reveal. I'll tell you what though if he does if he does hit the ground and it's a fucking big if but if he does hit the ground running and has a couple of those fucking standout performances that yeah. we haven't seen for three years mind you because I'm a bitch for a grudge um, you never know it might start bringing bringing a few extra I'm not saying it's going to be this big, huge, noticeable difference or that more than, you know, 500 people are going to show up at Skill Park, but it's it's a possibility. This is the point. There's no, a, that's not going to happen. Okay. It is absolutely not going to happen. You've got no fear of it. But the thing is as well, if he does start playing well, still people aren't going to go to away games and that. Like, you know, he's not going to draw fence-sitting fans to the game that otherwise weren't going to go to the game. They're going to go because Benji's there? No fucking way. Mm. You're going to go to Benji because you're a fan of the team he's playing for, and if the team starts winning, of course the fan base is going to increase. The you know, fan base present at on game day is going to increase. It would happen if he wasn't there and the team was winning. It doesn't fucking matter. Benji is fucking 100% irrelevant to the game of rugby league at this point, and uh, you know, I hope he doesn't take anyone, you know, too many people with him when he crashes and burns. The end. Motherfucking Benji Marshall saga. Never want to talk about him again. And we probably won't because you'll suck. <laughs> well, we don't comment on reserve grade games, so... We should exactly, be exactly. You just fuck, I don't give a fuck of you. Where he, he plays for down at Shell Harbour or whatever. <laughs> and uh, finally... You should wear headgear. Why? Well, I mean, be direct replacement for Jamie Soud. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and finally, uh, rest in peace to Reg Gaznia, the Prince of Centres, Puff the Magic Dragon, 
passed away just one week, or sorry, one day short of his 75th birthday. Uh, died in the Miranda Nursing Home where he's lived for several years. And of course, you know, no real... We don't really have to talk about his career. I mean, you know, arguably, you know, the greatest player to play the game. 127 tries from 125 premiership games at the Dragons. Six grand final victories in there as well. 28 tries from 39 tests at rep level. And he toured three times with the Kangaroos. And he was magical fucking center that we obviously, we never got to see, you know, live in his prime and all that, which is, you know, unfortunate. Pretty, uh, pretty remarkable fucking record. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if, you know, look, if there, is there a player at the moment, Inglis Slater, as far as try scoring goes? No. Certainly no one as far as six premierships go, but... Uh, no, no, I mean, like, try scoring, you know, Brett Stewart at Brookvale, I mean, but it's still not that... It's not that good a strike rate, yeah. and I mean, and you know, maybe I mean, the only one, the only Billy player Slater in the at, Amy, at the moment which is, is probably Pat Richards. Probably the only one that comes close. But how um, many tries he scored this year? One, two, if a few, a handful. He's I some, feel a little bit dirty. He's throwing Pat Richards in the argument. I feel. I think and, he's actually, and Pat would be embarrassed by me I, doing that. I, 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 think, I, I think it's disrespectful. Um, I think you should be ashamed of yourself. Look, there was when I was a kid, you know. My old man used to tell me, and I, I, I don't know how many. I'd have to do the timeline, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Dad actually ever actually got to see Gaznia play. How's it Anyway, I didn't bring my abacus, but he used to regale me with tales of you know the the, yep. the folklore of Reg Gaznia, yep. and whether that come from his personal experience or or have been handed down the line from from uh, my grandfather, the great Sydney Blakely. Um, so, I was hearing about Reg Gaznia before I knew what the fuck a Reg Gaznia was. But over time, when you do a bit of research, and um, I was mad for a fucking rugby league almanac or a, a fucking <laughs> a, a rugby league history book when I was yeah. a kid. And I still have in storage the 19 pre-season, 1988 pre-season fucking... Uh, rugby. I don't know if you call it an almanac or whatever, but it was basically recapping the '87 season. That would be a fucking tremendous read too, just quietly. '87. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. So yeah, well. so it was the '87. It was previewing the '87 season, recapping '86 oh. season. Oh, okay. Not as. And good and then. looking forward to the fact that they had new clubs coming in '88. And um, because oh. it, it was it was carrying on about Parramatta because they'd won in '86. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, there's you know I'd probably glossed over a few pages but I always paid a special special t- attention to the to the Maggie's games but I digress there was you know my old man used to fucking have books and stuff like that and you'd read about Reg Gaznier and it was like it was like it wasn't even real mm. like who does that yeah amazing um so may he rest in peace it was it was nice to see rugby league as a as a whole um mark his passing so respectfully and um, hopefully as the season goes on and certainly you know things like the Dally M's yep. and, um, I hope he, he gets the tributes that he deserves and uh, he's, he's a fucking well deserved immortal mm-hmm. and um, you know so yeah I, what more can you say about the bloke like, absolutely re- revered and rightly so and um, you know plays for probably the most famous and most successful rugby league team in, in the history of the game so um, and you can make arguments about the professional year and fucking whatever, but you know to can win only play something. What you got in front of you. Sorry. Can only play what you got in front exactly. of you. Exactly. To win something eleven times in a fucking row. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't care what it is, you, you, you're doing pretty well. And that's not giving any credit to the current crop of Dragons fans because, as I said earlier, they're cocks. But pretty impressive back in the black and white days. I don't. It's a different club. St. George Illawarra is a different club than St. George Dragons. <laughs> I don't even know why you're fucking lumping them in together. They're a different <laughs> club. St. George Illawarra Dragons barely been around, you know, fucking haven't even hit two decades yet, so fuck them. <laughs> and the dragon they rode in on, <laughs> Khaleesi. <laughs> Recaps and the first game was the Sydney Roosters 30 destroying the West Tigers 6 at Allianz. Uh, decent crowd for a Tigers game, must have been all set. All, all the uh, Roosters supporters 16,000. Oh, how can you say that? <laughs> Lucky you fucking laugh then because there's no way you could say that with a straight face. No, moron. no, I mean, both these sides very, very, you know, un, un, uh, unsupported sides in the competition, you know, up there with the Titans, of course. And oh, don't forget the Penny Panthers. The Roosters 30 came from. A double to Daniel Tupo, double to Michael Jennings, Boyd Cordner and Mitchell Pierce, the, the Booze Brothers got one as well each, and Maloney three from six conversions, defeating Tigers six points, tries to Betty White, Chris Lawrence, and one conversion from one attempt to Blake Austin. I think the Tigers had some opportunities, um, built a little bit of pressure, and and um, there were chances there. They just lack polish to take advantage of them, and probably speaks to um, some of the players that were out and. Um, in particular, Robbie, I think we we couldn't really get any real impetus through the ruck and um, against a side like the Roosters with the forwards they've got. Um, if you look at the the games that we've played this season against you know the more fancied forward packs, it's um, that we've got on top in the forwards and and given the backs a bit of extra room. It's it's the age old uh, rugby league game plan, but we just we couldn't get anything happening through the ruck and. Um, the chances that we ha- had, we, we blew. So um, against the side like the Roosters, um, they're the premiers for a reason. They're uh, we're a class above on the night. Um, pretty tough game for a young club. Few key injuries, and um, they knew they were up against it, but they still fought. Just, it just lacked the um, the finishing touches. And, and I think games like this are probably a part, a good part of the initiation of, of players like Brooks and Rowe and and some of the other young guys in the team. They um, you know they copped some thumpings last year, and um, you know they, they learn a lot from that, and they've shown this season that they have the ability. But you've got to show up, regardless of who's who's running out every week. You're going to have mm-hmm. to show up, and and you're going to have to compete. And I, I think um, they competed and they tried hard, but in the end, the risk is too classy. Yeah, they tried hard, but they didn't really compete. <laughs> in the end, I mean that, that's a effort was there. I mean that's what I'm saying. I mean they they didn't you know they didn't fucking throw Canberra you know a Canberra like sure. performance you know. Okay, so uh, that's true. And he calls Here he himself, is again. He calls himself Truth Bomber. I heckled Blake Austin so bad once before a kick he missed and then stuck his finger up at the crowd. Hash, that's true. Well, I, I, I think you're a pretty ordinary human. Why would you want to heckle Blake Austin? The man is a fucking fantastic specimen of a man, of a human being. The fact that... <laughs> You know the, the charity work that he does, the the quality of his of his efforts on the field, um, you know, overcome adversity at a horrible club like Penrith to to come to the West Tigers and, and ply his trade like a true hero <laughs> of the game, and you want to heckle him? Like, fucking shame on you. Maybe he did it when he was playing for Penrith. Do you ever think of that? 
Hmm? Still, he, the man had a good soul. <laughs> the man had a good soul, Nathan. That much is clear. That much is true. Just couldn't see it under a fucking mountain of Winnie Greens and fucking early timers premixes. Let's be let's be frank. There's not a lot to be seen from the hill at Penrith. <laughs> uh, at shithead listener. The Tigers are fucking useless without Farah. Uncompetitive and clueless in their opponent's red zone. Absolutely fucked. In stark contrast to my assessment. Ryan Fernandes. Friend of the show. This game could slash should have been 40 nil. So many butchered chances. I love how 40 nils become like the fucking default scoreline that indicates a you know, momentous flogging. 188 nils, mine. Yeah? And why is that you doing in a game, did you? Oh, we come, we've come close a couple of times at the Springfield Panthers under seven whites, but um, yeah, I don't know. It's just so ridiculous. It's like we fucking. No, oh, you didn't do it in like a video game or something. Or, no, no, give me a break. I'm back. On, gotten close to losing under an eight hour nil, but remember on the, on, the, on the Sega Master System, I had a Joe Montana football, and I figured out there was one hail mary play that you could run, and I'd nail it every time. And so it was basically a matter of get the ball, snap it. Do that, wait till your guy got free, Hail Mary it, touchdown, and just repeat, repeat, repeat. And you get used to get scores like two hundred fifty five nil and shit like that run up. Even I remember the first um the, the first uh trial version of the first rugby league game that came out. Um it was you could only play one game, it was the Warriors versus East, uh, you know, being the grand final probably the year before it happened. And uh, it was on PC and I remember uh that game too used to just repeatedly just using the Warriors, you know, with Stacey Jones and uh I think it was Stacey Jones and Lance Hohire. And you could just run a, just a, a short pass, just wait, wait till one of them was running for a gap, short pass, shut the gate, no You know what you could run scores up on? So, E.T.'s Rugby League. Yeah, see, I was never a big player at E.T.'s Rugby League. Gotta be honest. You haven't lived. Yeah? Sensational. You have not lived. Still better than the current ones. You <laughs> <laughs> the ARL, the, the Sega Mega Drive on the ARL game, it's like ARL 96 or something, and, and um, it didn't have, it was like the whole Super League shit's going down, right? So it had all the clubs... But it had the real players' names of the ARL sides. It had the real player names, and if the other sides, they just like made up names for the players on the teams. <laughs> okay, uh, Devonhead. Only one thing to say: #Tigers in decline. Nice one. GT three fifty one underscore Johns. Bad luck, Tigers. Too many errors gifted those troglodyte tools from bumish Bondi a win. Didn't deserve to lose by that score. Who would have thought that you and GT would fall on the same side? Oh, he's a great man. What? Very Unc- knowledgeable man about the game, Nathan. Yeah, uh, Unky D. It would appear the Karma Gods left Louis alone and smote the hapless Tigers. The Ned Stark of the NRL. Hash, just can't play the game. Fuck. <laughs> and finally, Tall Hayden. Ironic we see such poor ball handling skills from the Tigers in the same week Blakely Snapchat showed wonderful ball skills. <laughs> Next, North Queensland Cowboys 27 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 14 up there at 1,300 teeth. Uh, decent crowd, over 21,000 people in attendance. And the Cowboys 27 came from tries to Manny Scott, Kane Linnett, Ethan Lowe and Rory Cost-Jason. Thurston got himself a field goal, 100% kicking with four conversions and a penalty goal to boot. Link. Oh, sorry, sorry, mate. The, the Brisbane Broncos 14 points. Inconsequential. <laughs> But uh, a double to Ben Hunt. Dale Copley got one as well. Uh, Corey Parker got one from two conversions. I think um, there's a couple of ga- a few games early in this season where we started to question just where JT's form was at, and mm-hmm. um, his last couple of games have been fairly fucking impressive. Yeah, so um, his, his form was hiding in the broken hearts of Brisbane Broncos fans. <laughs> <laughs> 
I think he well and truly put paid to, to any questions about his uh, his early season form and um, just controlled the contest until he went off with a fucking horrible broken jaw whilst holding the top of his head, only to return <laughs> with miraculous <laughs> in true fucking Scott uh, Scott Sattler, John Sattler crossed with Jesus type resurrection. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, in one of the worst injury diagnosis I've yeah. ever seen. Um, and continued to control the contest. Very, very impressive game from JT. It must be origin time between Jonathan Thurst and um, and then, as we mentioned earlier in the show, Matt Scott's performance, who um, who just was running like a rugby league gazelle. It was, it was amazing to see. I saw a story during the week that um, the feeder... Is mm-hmm. the new beats and or, or I can't remember the exact head, headline, but fucking calm down. The, you know, no one's going to be arty, but surely Matt Scott's close to the fucking injury for feeder. <laughs> Give me a break. For feeder's again good. discounting Aaron Woods. There's a lot of for feeder talk for a guy that's really only played one, you know, half decent season of footy. Yeah, I just anyway, his his agent's got some fucking mates in the media. Clearly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, you ready for me to go? Yes, sir. Cruzy 6 The Bronx did okay to play against the near-perfect team tonight. One penalty conceded all night, plus class halfback. Garbs at 1985. Robert Louis is beating Bronco defensive lines as if they were women. Which is ironic in women of league round. Hammers. I reckon you can actually see 1,300 teeth tonight. Ash winners are grinners. H for Tenny. Starting to... This is, this is interesting. I saw, and this is not the only tweet I saw like this. Starting to fucking get over being a Broncos fans. Hash, learn to close out games, boys. Hash, somebody stab that cunt, Louie. Hash, thank God for Ben Hunt. Hash, favourite player. I I, I think he probably summed up his own issues in life when he he calls (laughs) Ben Hunt his favourite player. Yeah. Mad Cow's disease. Louie Karma, cancelled out by Matt Scott Dogma. Eddie NZ. And he tweeted this to the Broncos too. The Brisbane Broncos are showing all the signs of a poorly coached side held together by good individual efforts. Hash, bye-bye hook. There's a few um, there's a few questions being asked about Griffin. Yeah, but he's not the fucking first guy on the chopping block, let's face it. No. I mean, no. When, you've got, when you've got people the likes of Ricky Stewart and Steve Price hanging around, you know, he's not the first guy on the chopping block. Okay, the New Zealand Warriors, speaking of Ricky, New Zealand Warriors 54 to feed the Canberra Raiders 12 at Eden Park. Just over 18,000 in attendance. And uh, this was an absolute fucking ass-whipping. The tries. Ben Matulino. Matulino. Sean, Sean Johnson got a double. Conrad Harrell got one. I was trying to think of the top of my head something about uh, getting a gobby, but I couldn't. Uh, Lau Mappe got one. Sam Tompkins got one. The Beast got double. And Bukuya got a try. And Sean Johnson, nine conversions from nine attempts, defeating the Raiders 12 points. Who kicks and, nine from nine? Uh, it's just break. It's, it's outrageous. Fish uh, in a barrel sort of shit. Yeah. And uh, the, the Raiders, uh, Jared Croker, Josh McCrone scored tries, and two from two conversions to Jared Croker. Ricky Stewart's reactions to losses... Um, and things like, and I don't know if Whiten's comments are in, indicative of his character as a whole, but um, it's a fairly pretty pretty ordinary snapshot, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Um, and and it speaks to a, a larger problem and a bit of a cultural shift at the Raiders. I think, um, you know, David Ferner, he copped his flack as their coach as well, but he could be fairly forthright in his in his assessment of games as to where yep. they went wrong and. Yep. It, didn't that really... guy carried an extreme burden in press conferences. Yeah. Well, you could see it. 
Exactly Physically, right. Physically, you can see the burden that he was carrying. Exactly right. So, um, and, and I think for a side that has had potential mm-hmm. season after season, they've had young sides and um, they made the finals, etc. Um, but they had their share of losses as well. Yep. To see a cultural shift in the downward trend mm-hmm. is probably the most worrying sign I can see at Canberra at the moment. Yep. So, um, if I don't know what it is, can you quit on a coach that's only had you for nine fucking weeks? Yeah, yeah, you definitely can. You know these guys. Is that what it is? Are these they? guys have eyes. They see the media. They, you know, they read. They would see that what the the outside perception of Stewart is, and then they'd obviously be marrying that up, or you know, comparing and contrasting that with what they're seeing at training every, you know, every day. And um, you know, if the, if the, if if the perception is a reality, then of course they're going to mentally, you know, switch off. Switch off. Yeah, exactly. Um, anything else to say? I think the the Warriors probably. This was it was little more than a training one for the Warriors. And, yeah. Um, we've said, you know, season after season, the Warriors are very rocks and diamond, but um, they've they've shown some some signs of of improving. Uh, the Warriors, they they really need some some tough wins. Yep. You know, a, a series of tough, hard fought games games. You know, even a close loss, but yep. you know where they're super competitive. They're in the game for eighty minutes and. Yep. Um, that's the sort of games they need to, you know, to show that they're they're made of the sort of stuff that, you know, and this you know, talk of shifting Tompkins and all the rest of it. I, I don't mm-hmm. know that. Um, yeah, shift that, him out to the bin. <laughs> <laughs> He's far, I don't rate him at all. No apologies. Solzy zero four. Yep, the other teams in the comp are starting to find their groove, and the Raiders have given up the ghost already. Mup 23. Not sure who's enjoying this game more, the Warriors, the Eels, or David Ferner. Uh, the Ben Zed. What is open the easiest? Raiders defence or multiple Blakely orifices for Tongan Schlong? You got me all wrong. Hash, it's a close race. Hash, Glenn beats out Tewilla. Keep on trying, buddy. Jay Stibb. I think it's time to develop a word to describe any team coached, in quotes, by Ricky Stewart. That word is hash Ricarded or hash a bunch of Ricards. And uh, Mad Dog underscore no space. Surely now it's hash Raiders in decline. And finally, uh, no, not finally, got a couple more. Uh, Nismo Raiders sent this to the actual Ra- at Raiders Canberra account and copied us in. Can I get a refund on my membership? Effed if I'm wasting money driving from Newcastle to watch these useless hacks. Fair call. How long does it take to drive from Newcastle to Canberra? Fuck me. Be a few hours. Yeah, I, I have no idea. How sad is it that you fucking live in Newcastle? How long is it Newcastle to Sydney? Two hours, I think. Two or three hours. It'd be it'd be it'd be about that to get to Canberra from Sydney, wouldn't it? Or more? Jeez, that's a fair drive, isn't it? It's 40, 40, that's about 40 minutes from now. To get so you go from it. Newcastle yeah. to Canberra uh-huh. to be entertained uh-huh. by the fucking Canberra Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, you'd want to dose yourself up, wouldn't you? I hope you get his refund, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> There's plenty of weed down there. I mean, he's fucking smashed. Well, I Rich- hope he, um, you know, gets some illegal fireworks and sticks the biggest one he can find up his ass and lights it to dull the pain of watching the Raiders. I just don't understand how that's going to dull pain, though. 
Are well, you saying, it's so, just so, saying so, that so the Canberra, pain of a, of a giant firecracker exploding in your ass is less than what it is, is when watching than Canberra Raiders Canberra. game. Just yeah. try and keep up, Nathan. Rich O'Dragon. Harrell is Croker's worst nightmare. Never seen a first grader more scared of his opponent. Well, I mean, to be fair... Was it because you saw he had tears in his eyes and I hate to break it to you, but that happens every single game? Every single day of his life, every single game. He does it at training. He does it when he's watching fucking Anchorman. It doesn't matter. He's just he's just on the verge of tears the whole time. Uh, Troy he's underscore 79. Kid. He is. Troy underscore 79. It's great being a Raiders supporter. Our team puts in week in, week out, and always fight to the end. Hash, stupid cunts. Next up, South Sydney Rabbitohs 40 defeated the Gold Coast Titans 18 at Seabus Super Stadium. A Titans reported crowd of 19,107, which means in the real world, probably about 4,000. And the points were as follows. Rabbitohs 40 came from tries to Dylan Walker, four of them. Oava, Alex Johnson with a double, Adam Reynolds two from three conversions, and Bryson Goodwin, four from four conversions. Uh, the uh, Titans, Anthony Don with a double, Dave Taylor with... He did something amazing. And Aiden Caesar, three from three. I think slowly the NRL normality is returning. The Titans led the comp at one stage, just like the Dragons did, and uh, they're slowly uh, you know, sliding down to the bottom of the table where they belong, um, whereas the better teams in the comp, like the West Tigers, are firmly entrenched in the top eight. You realise um, you'd almost slid out of the top eight too in the last two weeks? I'm just saying. Hey, let's not get the f- facts in the way of a good story. Um <laughs> Dylan Walker, four tries. Um, some of it was a direct result of, of, of brilliance on some other players and he finished. But um, I wonder if this game is, is him going some way to, to realising his considerable potential or um, it's hard to, to gauge given the fact that the Titans were fairly ordinary in, in large parts of this game. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, let's face it, he's a good player. But I think there's a lot of uh, right place, right time. Yeah. Shit opposition. And a team that was, you know, essentially lying down as well. Sure. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Greg Bird's tackle and um it he had the charge downgrade this evening so he can play Origin, but Yeah, he still misses the first one. Okay. Back to the second so he's still one. Yeah. Right. okay. Um I saw some players come out in the and there was a, a bit of a a feeling in the media that, you know, the tackle was just, you know, like a bit of a a shout out to to the golden age of rugby league, the good old days, where it was just a good hard tackle. You know, yeah, that's I self-interested. fucking hate that sentiment. At the end of the day, was there lifting? Yes. Was he above the horizontal? Yes. Black Are those two things against the rules? Yes. And you know, I, I just I don't agree with the you know the feeling that. You can, you, people want to hark back to a day when, when players were fucking chippies and, and plumbers in their spare time. And, um, you know, we're now playing in a professional age. And, um, you know, the, the players are governed by rules from, from a governing body. Um, and those rules are probably designed in some way to protect the governing body from from lawsuits and, and litigation oh, from fuck. situations much like we've had with Alex McKinnon. Yeah, so you want you know, the old days shit where like you know you had you know the stories of like you know back in the fibros and silver times that where you know guys gouging eyes like and dudes fucking eye popping out of a socket sort yeah. of thing like you know really yeah really, really? that's and, what you want to see is that going to bring more people to the game yeah no you know, no I don't think so I just you know, oh it's softening the game of rugby league well fucking you get out there and you run it fucking. St- how, will you stand there and let Semi Radra run at you and tell elbow. me the game's gone soft? Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> I'll stand in front of any of the Burgesses, take your fucking pick. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, tackle one Just one. Yep. Just one. The game's gone soft. Well, fucking have a go at George Burgess. Yeah, pick Thomas if you want to pick a shit, you know, the <laughs> exactly. shit one. Or, yeah, go for it if you want, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, f- I fucking laugh at it. Um, the fact is, and it's fairly clear cut, that the tackle was against the rules as they're set, um, and you can debate the amount of weeks that he should be suspended, but there is absolutely no doubt he had a case to answer. I agree with the punishment 100% because guess what? It's black and white when it comes down to the rules and, you know, is it a lifting tackle? The subjectivity comes into it when they're talking about the grading and they, you know, they, they acknowledge that, you know, that maybe the grading was too high and so they, they backed it off. He still got suspended. You know, I think it's actually a good result. But it's, just, you know, it's mostly his former players come out with the in my day mm. stuff. Yes. There was a couple, I can't remember, I want to say Watmo, but I don't, yeah, and you would expect that to come from Watmo, you know, but I just, it's it's a... I think Fafita had something to say. Oh, what a fucking About surprise. the game being pussified or something, you know, like, but still, you know, and you get, you know, Gordon Tallis is a, is a huge one for opening yeah. his trap all the time, saying dumb shit, so... Yeah. Just why, that just damages the brand. Yeah. You know, people can say what they want about the refereeing, and, and I agree with a lot of it. But a lot of the fucking people that represent the game on a large scale in the media that it, that paid sinful amounts of money mm-hmm. to to broadcast the game and, and yeah. promote the game with other programs, etc. And some of the stuff that goes on on those programs and is said and and is trotted out as a representation of the fucking game is embarrassing. Yep. <laughs> fucking yep, embarrassing. Agreed. Yep, agreed. And, you know, I wouldn't have an issue with a, a fucking watered-down production of, of, of any of your NFL programs. Yep. You know, it's professional. It's, you know... The the thing on the Matty John, there's... It just it's only that it's on after Monday Night Football. I was going to say I don't I, I I don't make it a point to not watch the shows, but yeah. I've just got too much other shit on my plate that I don't get to watch these shows, so I can't um, really comment the, too much. The, the the rugby league variety shows get me, and you know oh, I choose not to watch yeah. the footy show, and and that's, that's the my one right, as it's anyone else's right to watch it. But but it's our right to call those people fucking tasteless fuckwits <laughs> too. But Nathan Hindmarsh. And and Brian Fletcher and I think when you actually get them and t- get them talking about rugby league and, and giving an insight, yeah, I don't mind what they have to say. I don't get why there had to be a segment where they poured oil over each other and had this old man Turkish wrestling thing where they made <laughs> this. Why? Who who found that entertaining? Not you. I, I thought it was fucking possibly up there with some of the stupidest shit I've ever seen and why what does that do for the for the NRL brand yeah let me pose you a hypothetical question if it was Sonny Bill Williams and Rennie Matua doing it I still wouldn't want to see you know I'd watch it if it was on um, Instagram you know if it was you know if it was on a black market DVD that I could you know pay yeah. five bucks for in Bali <laughs> but do I want it on on you know on a high, what is supposed to be a high-rating rugby league show, it's not. It's not rugby league, Nathan. It's it's soft porn, is yeah. what it is. Um, when it's Sunny Bill and and Rennie, it's soft porn. Yeah. When it's Fletch and Heine, not so much. No one could bar up over that, surely. 
There's no massive rush of women to slide off their seats for that show. Dashing Dan that, probably that did. Yeah, uh, Benny27. Ryan James said he would take on George Burgess single-handedly. Bitch, please. Two hands for beginners. <laughs> Speaking of Dashing Dan. Good one from Andy Raymond. Little Albert Kelly tosses off George Burgess. Hash, must have big hands. Shunter86. Who cops to blame for Titans' losses nowadays? Is it Hash Sackcardi or Hash Sack Henry? And uh, Shane Aaronovis, great to see a victory made in the juniors. Walker is going to be a star. We all know it. Hash immortal in waiting. Look, that without the hashtag, that tweet was you know fairly accurate. Almost happy. I, thought. I yeah. almost thought he was, um, you know, had half a fucking clue what he was talking about. Yep. Uh, next, Melbourne Storm 22 defeated the mighty Manly Sea Eagles 19 down there at Amy Park in front of a crowd of just over 13,000 people. Uh, Storm's points uh, 22 came from a double to Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk and Kurt Mann. Uh, Slater with a conversion and Cameron Smith 2 of 3 and defeating the Manly Sea Eagles 19 tries to Pedahiku, Brett Stewart, Jorge Tafua with the greatest try ever scored and Jamie Bureau with the easiest try ever scored. We had a field goal from Jack Littlejohn conversions. This is where the game was lost. Matai one from three, Little John zero from one. The one that Matai got was absolute touchline. Couldn't have been further out of the fucking out of the out of the way of the posts. And uh, geez, the other ones were all very fucking kickable too. If you were one Jamie Lyon, um, and Matai missed a conversion, a, a penalty goal as well. Fuck me dead. I think this game proved one thing. Um, mainly, a lot of injuries to key players. Um, Culture can keep you competitive, um, and I think it, there's some clubs that have that to learn. Uh, Manly, very very strong culture at the club, and um, just the will the will to win and the habit of winning. You know, yeah, just they, like they say you know game. winning's a habit just like losing. You know, well, losing can be a habit just like winning. So, um, it it goes to show that whatever the fuck is instilled in them mm-hmm. at training and 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 fucking team nights and 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 insignificant stuff but yep. it's it's a it's a clear message that that is is obviously subliminally subliminally or or you know consciously drilled into them mm-hmm. every and player that fucking runs out there has has a similar mindset and, and it transcends coaches just compete yeah and and also and also st- I mean yeah you, know, you think of the guys that have been and gone in that time you know like your your Brent Kites you know, your Ben Kennedys Matt Orford. I mean, like they've had, you know, there's there's been a nucleus of the side, but there's been a lot of fucking traffic through, you know, like a good thirteen, you know, exactly. twelve to thirteen places out of that seventeen. Um, yeah, I, I think it was um, it was an impressive try to win the game, but it with man, oh, it was taking it, that kick. It in. was just one of those combinations of of brilliance. Yeah, it was a bit ass, of a freak thing, like, like freak you know, thing. Yeah. A, a, a fucking foot either way. Yeah, he's tackled. Yeah. He's knocked. He drops it. He drops whatever. The, he drops the, the ball. The fact that he, he caught it, it. Yeah. on the on the absolute run. Yeah. fly, and the ball dropped between two manly defenders yeah. <laughs> as he was jumping. To, yeah. I mean, freak, freak effort. But um, I think the fact that they won the game still shade some issues. Um, with the storm, and, and I'm a long way convinced that, a long way from convinced that they're the same side they have been in recent years. I think there is a, a real stink of decline about them. Um, I agree, hundred percent. And again, it's it's a bit of a culture thing, you know. They they have a way to be competitive in games when they're not playing their best. The thing with the storm is, they haven't really played their fucking best all year. Yeah. 
Yeah. And there's been some some pretty patchy displays from them, which, mm-hmm. um, you know, you expect a certain standard from the Storm. Yeah. Even when they're subpar, you still expect certain things from them. Yeah. And with the injuries that Manly had, the, and, and yeah. the plays that Melbourne had... Yeah, that's right. I, I was expecting the Storm... You know, it's a game... They I saw, motivated man, I saw, for. I saw Manly fans talking about losing by like you know thirty. Yeah, right. And like I mean, I don't subscribe to that because I no. don't ever go into a game expecting to lose it with Manly over the last you know sort of eight years. But um, but you would think that they wouldn't have lacked motivation. It's a, yeah. it's a traditional rival. Yeah, it's yeah, a game yeah. that that you know every player would would be yep. up for. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's some there's some issues there, and I, I think it's probably going to be compounded by the fact that Bellamy. You know he's he's put a full stop on his on yeah. his time there, and um, you know a bit of an end of an era. And I, I tell you, it's um, it could be the end of the club, not immediately, but like you know the like the actual existence of the Melbourne Storm Club. They're not backed, you know, by news anymore. They're not a club that makes a lot. Of, you know, what I mean, there's like you know there, there are issues there financially with that club. And they can only be, you know, wallpapered over with uh, continued For success, so mm. you know. But um, this game, I mainly, mainly should have won this game. We're the only position to win this game, uh, despite you know all the odds. I mean, they had some great players out, but they also had some couple of players on the field that were clearly only playing on one leg each, and that was Daly Cherry Evans and and Watmo. I don't know why they bothered playing Daly Cherry Evans in this game because he was a passenger and really was just you know filling a warm body on the field. Didn't do anything. Didn't do any kicking. If he had been kicking goals they would have won the game, you know, but obviously his calf or whatever it was is such a such a concern that they weren't going to risk anything, you know, anything like that so that he wasn't kicking goals. And I just it, wonder if he if he has got to a point where he holds such a I want to say like he's held with, in such regard in the side given his ability. Having him there just having him there, and, you know. Yeah. It's possible. It's possible. It attracts attention but also the confidence that his teammates yeah, extract from yeah, it as maybe. well, especially but, some of the younger guys. Yeah, but he didn't do anything, and the, and that was yeah. the problem in this game because Little John it was only his second game of first grade, and he's not, and he wasn't up to it kicking wise, and even Manly would have won this game by twenty if Little John could have kicked properly, and, and you know because just every kick seemed to you know the kicking game they were they were short, they fit down the throat of like a winger or fullback that kind of thing, and that's what and that's what cost them a lot of field position and and stuff at the end of the game. Now Cherry Evans was clearly he wasn't doing a lot of kicking at all. And once again, you know, protecting the leg, you know, protecting the calf, or whatever, and that's great because I want him in. The, I want him to decide for the future rounds. But it just makes me wonder if he was going to be you know, such a passenger. Why would you, you know, why would you risk it? Obviously, they feel like if he just in normal running couldn't do a lot of da- extra damage to it, or you know, that kind of thing. It's just weird. There's a couple, this game, I counted ten lifting tackles from the Melbourne Storm over the horizontal. They were penalised for one, right. which was a particularly nasty looking one on uh, on T Red. And which which uh, Hampton has copped, I think, two weeks suspension for, uh, rightly so. I mean, it, you know, it didn't look great. I mean, what is it with Melbourne Storm lifting, you know, rangers? I mean, do they do they dislike redhead people? Did they have their souls taken by a redhead person in their past? I don't know what the situation is, but um, then we had this Cameron Smith incident where Matt Ballon was holding on. You know, he was underneath. He tackled Cameron Smith. He was holding on to him, which is is his right until such time as the referee tells him to clear off and you know let go and release. But Cameron Smith didn't like that, and so he proceeded to elbow him in the face three times, blatant elbows. And who gets the penalty out of that situation? Cameron Smith. Who gets suspended out of that situation? No, no one. Cameron Smith gets uh, he gets slugged with seventy five points, so an early guilty plea for an early guilty plea. So you know. 
and you know, when, when how often does Cameron Smith carry over or anything? Very, very rarely. I mean, that was it was a terrible fucking incident that has been completely overshadowed. Billy Slater, no suspension, even though he ironed out Wolfman with a short arm, <laughs> stiff arm to the head. Um, these fucking koalas at the Melbourne Storm, they drive me insane. The Cameron Smith one was fucked because they scored a try right after it. But immediately, like, the, you know, sure. two tackles later. And it should have been a penalty the other way. And you re- honestly, in the real world, if Steve Matai elbows someone in the head three times when he's trying to get up and, you know, because they're not letting him get up and far, do they a quick play ball, he's exec- fucking, he's sent off. Execution. Sent off 20-week suspension. Executed on the field. And it's not just, and it's, and it's not just Steve Matai. I mean, you could pick a number of players from clubs. If Michael Ennis did it, same thing. Yeah. Gone forever. I mean, it's just absolutely disgusting, the fucking treatment that koalas like Cameron Smith and Billy Slater get. Especially in Billy Slater's track record. He's one of the grubbiest players ever to fucking play the game. Um, so that, that shit makes me sick. However, I mean, like the effort of the side is sensational. Love the spirit in the side. Uh, once again, you know, they're never, you know, they're never out of a contest. Fantastic. Love to see it. And, um, you know, Hicker's looking good and he signed, he's officially signed now that three year deal that we spoke about over the last couple of weeks. So he's, uh, there for a, a long time to come and, uh, yeah, look forward to it. It's sensational. Does that mean Matt leaves? No, I don't necessarily the, think so. The he's money been, that's reportedly yeah, being bandied about. That's, that, that money, that's too much. At this time in his career, he doesn't have that. Of course, that. it's fucking too much. It's far. It's, I mean, that's that's crazy overs, right? I mean, there's and you kind of think about it and you wait. You the wait fact that it, it is too much, it's almost in the level of fuck. Like, you can't knock yeah, that back. Yeah. So this is the thing. Matai is one of those guys that take take less money to stay guys, and that money is over. So I mean, like that's not how much he'd command on a salary cap that the NRL wouldn't enforce that he needs to be paid two and a half million over four years or whatever it was. But um, the fact is, if he can get it, fucking. Dude, he, he owes the club nothing. He has served with yeah. distinction and over many years and done amazing things. He's going to gonna need as much money as possible to pay his fucking arthritis bills. <laughs> he's already he already <laughs> needs it. But um, the, and weighing it up, I mean, like you know, he's got family over there in New Zealand. But then on the other side, he's one of those core guys that will never want to leave the club, mm. like you, Watmos and you know Brett Stewart and uh, and Glenn but Stewart never want to leave as well. That's so, and that's that's fair, but. That's a fucking lot of money. And yeah. sometimes it becomes, you know, I'm loyal to Manly, but you know what? I'm can't loyal. I'm loyal to my family too. Yeah. yeah. I'm, lo- I'm, I'm loyal. I'm loyal. I'm going to make it rain too, bitches. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm loyal to this this fat stack of bills, yo. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, you know, look, if he, if he took that money, if that money eventuated as a real thing, and he took that money, then fuck, I would, you know, I would not begrudge him at all because, I mean, let's face it, you know, let's that, face it. This show doesn't begrudge anyone anything. <laughs> Traditionally, we don't begrudge anyone anything. But <laughs> but oh, fuck if he if he could have just kicked a couple of goals, I mean, we still we still win that game, and it was a uh, you know an epic upset. And uh, you know, and just the, the the exclamation point is you know, Jorge Tofu's fucking try, the greatest try ever scored, incredible, upside down in a sort of a tucked position, spinning in the air, gets the ball down. Just under a lot of storm attention, there were at least three players around there wanting to stop him. Just couldn't do it. It was magnificent. In, in a competition where David Nofaluma's try was excluded because it was of, of a level that was far higher than anything's ever been done before, he dropped then it. You it wasn't would a say Tafuas would be top fifty. Um, you know, so good good luck to the young bloke. Yeah, Nofaluma dropped this. So I mean, you can't go in a try scoring competition if you it's fucking dropped books, it. Mate. Yeah, there's a lot of things in the record books though. There's like storm shit in record books too. You can always put asterisks on after the fact. That's all I'm saying. You can always put an asterisk on after the fact. Shaboogan. Shaboogan. 
I don't really like Manly, but fuck me, Cameron Smith is a protected species. Hash at Purple Cheats. Ryan Finance. Does Tafua know that by scoring that try, he's doomed us to 20-plus minutes of Nate fapping on about it in the next step of this week in league? Hash, selfish. Hash, hash we probably haven't even spoke about this game for 10 minutes, so fuck you. Tirana, 355. We missed Lions goal-kicking. A great effort with the players we had out. Agree? It's Mitchell, 180. Can Melbourne and Manly play more than twice during the regular season? They produce the great matches. Agree. 100%. Shane Aaron Elvis. Can't believe how that grub, in quotes, Ballon, thinks he can keep attacking Smith's elbow with his face. Hash immortal in waiting. Hash protected. Uh, Hammers. And Matt Ballon. Look, he had, he had a legitimate shot at a career in modelling after football. Yeah, not so take, four years ago. Taking a steady nose dive. I mean, well, he still, he, still, he still does the low stuff, but I mean, you know, that's not like... So it's Dale Bryman. It's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, exactly. it's not exactly the domain <laughs> of the, the sexiest man in rugby league. <laughs> yeah, now, now he's got a bit of character to him. <laughs> Lowe's hat is not a uh, a precursor to uh, to good looks. Yeah, last last time I was talking to Matty Valen, it, like, it was after a... Uh, a Broncos game or a Storm, uh, Titans game, and oh fuck me, he didn't look great. Like <laughs> they do, the dude's taking a beating these days. Like he, I mean, he, you know, he, he sort of you know wears headgear and stuff at Titan, like you know, strapping and the rest of it around his head. He just, he's just taking some fucking bad shots. Uh, and yeah, Cameron Smith contributes. Uh, Hammers said, "I'm no manly fan, but even I can see the grubby shit the Storm did." Unky D finally. How many people do the Melbourne Koalas have to put in a wheelchair before the NRL does something about it? It's true. I mean, you'd think that of all teams that would have learned a lesson in the fucking genre of lifting tackles, you think it would be the Melbourne Storm, right? Well, you would think so. The scrutiny that they attracted. The fucking, the, the heartbreaking Old habits they die had. hard, mate, oh. and it's it's in their coaching, the, the control of the ruck and the wrestling and getting mm-hmm. players on their back. And I tell you, it's, it's got a lot to answer for, and... Um, and old habits die hard, as I said. And you could stamp it out of the game tomorrow, and I guarantee there will be instances next week, specifically yeah. from teams like Coming Melbourne, who, who yeah. that let's face it, that I mean, it forms part of the game plan for every team. But the reason being is because the Melbourne Storm became successful mm-hmm. off the back of, and Brisbane as well. Mm-hmm. Back, you know, in, Brisbane in pioneered that, that shit. People blame the Storm for it now, but Brisbane pioneered that shit. Yeah, I think the Storm really took it to a, a different yeah. level. Um, and when you coach to do something, week in, week out, season after season after season, it becomes fucking... Muscle memory, man. Yeah, it's, it's a, it becomes habitual. Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot. And who knows? Who knows if it's even been discouraged there? Yeah, you know, well, so it's, you can't really just say, "Oh, well, the players—that's what they've been doing." It's hard for them to forget. Who's telling them to stop? Yeah, yeah, Is that's anyone? right. Geordie, Geordie's not going to snitch while he does his bid. He'll be mm. back. You come back out. Let's keep on doing. Uh, Penrith Panthers thirty-two defeat the Newcastle Knights ten at uh, Hunter Stadium. Crowd of just over thirteen and a half thousand. And the Panthers thirty-two came from tries to David Simmons, Jamie Soward, Matt Moylan, Josh Mansell, Dean Farre, and James Sigiaro. Sour three from six conversions at a penalty goal, and the Knights' ten points came from tries to James McManus and Dan Gagai, and Kurt Gidley one from two. Another solo dance for Jamie Sour. Scored a try, yeah. pranced around on his own. No one cared. Yeah, it's, it's funny. It's funny they haven't it's becoming entertaining. They haven't they haven't warmed warmed to him at all in the team you know sense. At this yeah, stage. no, there's there's some Penrith nerds that um, the Penrith nerds love him. I mean, like the, the fans. 
they just like to see a winning football side, and if someone's going to facilitate that for them, then they'll, they'll fucking it's like the Cowboys. They'll abandon all their principles. Yeah, they'll get you know they'll get around him. But um, yeah, the teammates, not so sure just yet. I mean, if it's something that Penrith nerds can relate to, it's fucking lonely, ugly people. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's speaking to them personally. Um, I just want to Gagai and and Vare in from this game. Yep. And, and you know this season really. There's there's some other centres that probably get a few more raps in the media, but. Those two guys, footwork, fend, solid defenders, good pass, they don't fucking ball hog. Yep. Fucking quality centers. Yeah, yep. And, it's, you know, Vare was discarded from Manly. <laughs> well, you know, this is the thing, more money. But, and, and Gagai was arsehole from Brisbane, so... Yeah, arsehole for disciplinary reasons, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um... I, I really rate them. I enjoy watching both of them play, and they showed showcase some of their skills in this game. And uh, it's all just getting a bit much for Newcastle. I think um, you can see it, it's all starting to fester. A lot of their fans are getting uneasy and a little bit sketchy about the whole situation. You know, calling for answers from Wayne and um, a few knives out for Fluffy and to the petition yeah. by some fans yeah. I mean, that, that's fucking ludicrous it's funny they have what about the one comment that was pointed out on Twitter I'm pretty sure it was Mitchell if not their, their middle name was probably Mitchell um, was saying that he's he's been our worst player except for 2013 when he was player of the year oh that but was fucking that, that was that was in the actual <laughs> spiel on the thing and it's like yeah yeah, he's he's like he's never shown any any passion for the club yeah. or anything then it's in brackets you know like he said yeah he won the player player, 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 or the player like, of the year how can you type that and not look back and realise what a what a, what a fucking hypocritical you know, contrary and fucking imbecile that you're being. <laughs> <laughs> and, if, and then when people, obviously, surely somebody would have pointed it out, mm-hmm. you just you just delete that and any record of yourself on the internet and edit it and pretend and it never happened. Yeah. You know, <laughs> exactly. edit it and pretend it didn't. Pretend you didn't do it, and people go, "Well, yeah, hey, oh, we'll so do you dumb it. stuff." Yeah, exactly. But exactly. It's just like I, I find that a, a little bit. Uh, Ridiculous, quite frankly. But good win for Pennies. They um, put 32 points on. Um, Seau scored a good solo try. Um, I could probably do without a celebration, but the try was good. And um, Idris, another solid game. I think yep. he's, he's really hitting a, a strong vein of form, and um, they keep pushing on, but big problems in Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure what to make of the night, too. Oh, I, th- I just think that... They're emotionally shot. I think there's some stuff going off, on off the field with um, even discounting the McKinnon situation, um, just with Tinkler. Yeah, that's and, true. And you know that, like you say, players, even if it's not really a conscious thing, and it just you know chips away at their um, at their their attention, their you know if their minds on on other things, no matter their their effort might. Um, still be there but you know you only have to be a couple of a couple of paces off at this level and, and, and you end up with results like this yeah yeah now let's go to the Twitter as we call it the Ben Z 
Boyd, this is a two-part tweet. Obviously, he didn't have enough characters, okay? And but I wanted to put both together because you know, it's, it's, as a as an ensemble, they, they complement each other beautifully. I'm sure they do complement each other. In, and, and basically, attack you. The Ben Zed. Boyd gives Wayne a bouquet and kiss for Mother's Day before running onto the field with an erection. It's a good start. <laughs> Followed by a moment's silence to remember all the sperm that were lost in Blakely Orifices last week. <laughs> Big Dan, 1985, the Newcastle Knights need to be reminded of KISS. Keep it simple, stupid. Being fancy didn't work. It did cost us the game. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a fairly heavy loss, though, man. Come on. Hammers, lucky... lucky. Oh, hang on. What the fuck? That's for the next game. Wow. Newcastle tweeters. Not so good. And this reminds me, I didn't mention it at the time, but... um. The Warriors game had the most tweets. We've, I mean, it's probably mm-hmm. people slating Canberra and Ricky Stewart. Yeah, but it had the most the most tweets of a game this week. That's never happened. It's a, a surpassing like Tigers and Manly games, which never happens. Um, where are we? The Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs thirty eight defeated the St George Illawarra Dragons six. Crowd of just over twenty one thousand at ANZ Stadium, and uh, this one was fucking over before half time. But the Bulldogs, 38 points came from tries to Sam Perrett, T-Rex, a hat-trick to Tim LaFay, Greg Eastwood and Josh Reynolds also with tries, and Trent Hodkinson, five from seven conversions. Dragons, Brett Morris try, Gareth Widdick conversion, the end. I'm big, I really rate Josh Dugan as a player, um, and I, I think he's he's been a really good um, fit at the Dragons and uh, settled himself down a bit as some of the bullshit he was carrying on with off the field and, and, and he's got his footy right and I th- um, he's done some absolutely amazing things in the limited games he's played this season but I really think that Josh Dugan's ceiling has, has been reached I, I don't think he, he has the ability to make his teammates better I don't think he's a particularly great ball player um, and He's, he's a he's a running type fullback, and I respect that fact. But you know, when you when you look at you know Michael Gordon yeah. in the next game that we'll talk about, when you look at him, you look at you know he can run that second man play and um, you know throw an absolute pearler of a pass. Yep. Some of the stuff Jared Haynes doing, uh, Billy Slater, Brett Stewart. I mean, you know, and at the end of the day, let's face it, they're all chasing James Tedesco. Um, What's the you, hospital? <laughs> Yeah, they're not running through very, rehab. They're not very, running very fast. He's, he's currently in the X-ray machine. Um, yeah, I I just think Dugan Dugan's Dugong Dugong <laughs> Dugan's emphasis, you know, is is weighed very very heavily towards his running game, and that is his strength. Um, I just I don't know how much better is Josh Dugan going to get. I don't know. He's he's of a He's fairly rocks and diamonds ish, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I, I I don't think he's he's rocks and diamonds. Would he be would he be in and my the, team and the, for the, the very the, definition no. of rocks and diamonds is that you can have an absolute fucking brilliant game and you can have a shocker. Mm-hmm. I don't know that Josh Dugan has shockers. He's, I think he has games had, where he's where he's yeah. not really in the game. Yeah. But um What do you count it if he if he doesn't feel like playing because he's got a boil? <laughs> Is that is that is that rocks or is that just like a NA? It would be it would be like a marshmallow type rock. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, boils are bad. Robbie Farrow had a boil, put him out of a game. 
Yeah, I know these fucking soft cunts. Almost. <laughs> Solid, dominant win for the dogs. Um, they just keep charging on and, and they lead the comp. They look very good. Um, Ennis doesn't have the real impact on games that he that he was having and that he was probably getting too much credit for. Um, he just he seems to be going about his business fairly quietly and, um, you know, the whole, you know, falsified feud and, and rivalry between him and Robbie Farrow has, has gone away and uh, Michael Ennis has, has clearly accepted his place, you know, well down the rung uh, of hookers uh, below Robbie Farah and, and, and good on him for coming to that realisation he's um, sitting in first place and Farah's in about the seventh sorry well it's not Michael Ennis alone when, is when, it when Farah actually gets on the field that is of course which will be this weekend when we have an absolute dominant victory um, yeah I've been really impressed with Hodkinson um, as well I know you don't have a lot of good things to say about him because you're a bitter man but um his ability to, to control the pace of a game via his kicking game is, is quite impressive for a young bloke. And um, I, I think that's going a long way to what Canterbury are doing. Um, obviously, you know, you put that on the back of, of Reynolds' competitiveness um, and the familiarity between the, the forward pack uh, with Ennis. I think they've, they've got a real flow going. Um, Hodkinson's in good form, and and it's all um, it's all adding up to some some good performances for Canterbury. They're um, they've strung some wins together. So whether they've done it a little bit too soon, or whether the Origin period knocks them around, or and how they handle that will probably um, really determine whether they can you know finish on top, or or whether they um, they come back to the pack a little bit, but. Uh, bit of a lull year last year but that they, they, they seem to be every bit as good in 2014 as they were in 2012 when they won the comp relax I don't believe that they're a good side oh they're okay they impressed me yet we'll see you in a couple of weeks you're just bitter that's your bitterness hammers lucky Benji comes in next week to shore up that defensive line and that was another point I had how much difference is Benji really going to make to that well he's going to fucking lead and- in some more tries in my opinion <laughs> Shithead listener. Bulldogs do an absolute demolition job on the Dragons here at ANZ. It appears T-Rex has awoken too. Unfortunately for New South Wales because there's talking of getting in the origin side. Yeah, no, nah, maybe. Remember after five rounds the Dragons were on top of the ladder? Dot, 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 dot. Nope. Yeah. Devonhead. On my signal, unleash Benji. Gee, that's fucking the most optimistic you've ever seen. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? Nathan? We spoke about this with Penrith nerds in regards to Jamie Soward. Yeah, and now it's happening again. He with hasn't the even pulled the fucking jersey on yet, <sighs> and and all of a sudden he's fucking Benj Gaznia. He's all of a sudden that the nut hugging has begun, and you know from people, so from people, I understand Nathan, people being last season. When Benji Shitting was Benji. playing. Oh, yeah, he throws oh, it in the ninth row. Oh, oh, Benji's fucking hopeless. Your Tigers are in hash. Tigers in... Possibly the second greatest advocate of the Tigers in decline hashtag was this Trotters. Per- yeah, this but he didn't, he didn't like, he didn't like provoke the choke, is. though, did he? That one wasn't no, to his liking. No, he doesn't. Didn't like that at all. But he was, he was into Benji Marshall at every opportunity. Now... Unleash Benji. Oh, what a Look, I understand place. someone who supports a team. The team either. buys a player that they don't especially like, but they sort of go get philosophical about it and say, "Look, 
my team's bought this guy, so I'm going to wait and see what happens, and you know I'm going to continue to support my team, etc. That's Before one thing. Before Nasta came to the Tigers, I hated him with the white hot fury of the sun. Yeah, but that's because he sunk you. Mate, that's I actually gained some more respect for from that play. Yeah. Than I had ever for for Brayton Astor. Yeah. But you know, I'm just saying. Benji what, Marshall's what, not going to be yarn as good as Brayton Astor is for the worst Tigers. I'm just saying, guys. Don't yeah. say you weren't warned. Braith, Braith and Astor, he's fucking, he's fucking kicking goals. I mean, yeah, he's on on track to win the Dally M this year. He's playing so fucking magnificently. I'm glad you think so, Nathan, and I agree. <laughs> uh, TBI Penguin, where's the pride in the home ground? He sent this to the Dragons. Where's the pride in the home ground? Uh, NRL underscore Dragons. Glad I didn't make the five-hour trip to a home game as opposed to the usual 30 minutes. And uh, GT351 underscore Johns. Great win by the Mighty Bulldogs. We've lost every penalty count this year, but we still succeed. Go Bulldogs. Great effort. And finally, Monday Night Foot Bitch. The Parramatta Eels 42 pumped the Cronulla Sutherland Sharks 24. Pertex Stadium, crowd of just over 12,500. And this one, 42 points to the Eels. Came from tries to Semi Radradra, Chris Sandow, a double to Jared Hayne, a double to Ken Seo, Will Hopawati, and Willie Tonga also with tries and Sandow, five from seven conversions. Sharkies 24 came from tries to Fecky, Gordon, Graham, and Isaac DeGoyce. And four from four conversions from Flash Gordon. The Sharks are fucking embarrassing in patches in, during games. Yeah. Um, it's, it's appalling when you look at the quality of defender in this. So guys like Wade Graham, Luke Lewis just came back. Um, Blake Asher. Oh. And that explains. That's the, the na- and there it is, the um, secret. <laughs> I, th- I thought that the Sharkies... There was some of the stuff Parra was doing early really looked ominous for the Sharks, and they actually did well um, to come back and lead at one stage. Um, when Parra kicked again, Cronulla really couldn't go with them, and um, and they were finished off fairly impressively, um, led by Jared Hayne, who really is entering. There was a couple of instances in this game, and I know it is only the Sharks, and they are about to cop a second, um, you know huge thumping uh, in a row this coming weekend but um, Haynes entering that that, that fuck you mode and a uh, few plays um, didn't didn't do it for the full 80 minutes but certainly picked his moments and there was there was I mean his try was ridiculous and um, a couple other plays where he really had a real pep in his step his head was up and um, and some of his ball play was and and the, the ball that led to Rad Radra's try. We've seen it plenty of times before, but he's playing with a lot of confidence. It's heading into origin time. He generally gets his tail up around this, this time of year. Um, and, you know, if if he can keep doing that, then para. With some of, you know, with the new coach they've got and some of the other new additions to the playing staff there, um, and the way Sando's going as well, mm-hmm. para fans dare to dream. Mate, I mean, like, para aren't going to do anything at the moment, but they have, it's uh, without a shadow of doubt, Parramatta have bottomed out now and they're seeing the surge you know they're on the upswing again and you know whether they can continue going up or whether they're going to hit a level and sort of plateau off whatever happens they're in a better place than they were the last couple of years already and uh, you know so it's, it's got to be better times for the, for the fans and it feels like they have the hope of winning some games and I mean when they come up against a team that's off their game or a shit team like the Sharks this year they'll fucking put the ringers to them so it's good 
what do we got here? Fuck knows their fans need something to cheer about. Yeah, that's true. Again, Manu doesn't blink. Reminds me how I get looked at when I take Samoan girls back to their place instead of mine. <laughs> and another one on that same subject. Manu Mao had the look of him building a shiv in the sheds and waiting for Tupo in the cafeteria. <laughs> Ash Jailbird. Former underscore legend. <laughs> this is the tweet of the week, incidentally. Just saw Bo Ryan and Willie Tonga in full flight. I could run faster in jeans. Carrying a schooner. <laughs> with a stiffy. Oh, that set Twitter a lot. It did, it did. Fantastic. Sam, Sam McNally, 5482. Expected a Vuvuzela tonight, but fuck me, this is a footy equivalent of a good cover band. Entertaining, but not too serious. <laughs> R-pop, shh. Hey, up, up, Cronulla. Get down, down, back down the ladder. Back to the bottom where you belong. Michael Darren, 79. Good to see a player like Chris Sandow work his way back into first grade rather than pull out the homesickness card. That's a good tweet, that one. I like it. Yeah. Luke Shark 74. <laughs> and here's the flip side. Luke Shark 74 said, Chrissy Sandow celebrating like he just hit five pyramids on the Queen of the Nile. <laughs> Great kicking game tonight. Of all the, the jokes that have been made about Sandow's gambling problem, yeah. and I'm not sure I really feel comfortable about joking about it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> the Queen of the Nile, which is possibly my favourite poker machine of all time, really? other than maybe Cagey Bird. I I find there's a that you've got to be a certain way down the path to being a degenerate fucking gambler when you have a favourite poking machine, <laughs> or you can name uh, you, you more than really one. You haven't really surprised. I tone can't name it. I could tell voice. you. I couldn't tell you. I could not tell you the name. Well, now Queen of the Nile. I know one. I can Queen of the Nile. Um, my top three would be Queen of the Nile, Indian Dreaming, um, and a blast from the past. KG Bird, not around anymore. But you've got to give <laughs> the retro shout out. Um, <laughs> I remember at uh, Campbelltown Tennis Club back in the day when I used to spend a fair bit of time there on the piss with my mates um, putting 200 and something dollars through KG Bird yeah. in one evening. Jeez. Campbelltown um, Rich. Sorry? Campbelltown Rich. No. I wasn't. That was the problem. You were after. That was on a Sunday. I'd been paid on the Thursday. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, slim pickings the rest of the week, let me tell you. But, um, yeah, everyone's using Queen of the Nile as their default. It's, it warms my heart. Must be an iconic machine. Yeah, oh, look, it's it's a fave. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very popular. You'll find multiples of it at any gambling establishment. Or so I've heard. Not that I frequent them or anything. There you go. <laughs> Previews for round, what, 10? Yes. Is it? Of the 2014 NRL season. Kicks off Friday Night Football. South Sydney Rabbitohs taking on the Purple Cheats at ANZ Stadium. And uh, this one. Well, I mean, here's another one, a measuring stick for A, how far the South have come from the early parts of this season, and B, how far the Storm have fallen on the trajectory where they you know, appear to be going. I'll tell you what could prove the difference for the storm and sending them on up to a spiral is uh, the addition of Joel Romulo at 5-8 they uh, they're going to win this game by fucking 100 I agree that's it 13 After plus storm more you put on more you get back casting aspersions as to the storm Joel Romulo they make a, a, you know, a strategic move like putting 
the great man, Joel, the Ottoman, Romolo at 5'8". And I, I, I can't tip against the man. Yeah, I'm finding it very, very difficult to tip against him based on Romolo. I mean, because you know that there's going to be... You know, Inglis, he's going to eat a fucking hit. Big time. Someone I'm like not Sutton, convinced Sutton someone's maybe, not going to die in this game. Yeah, I think Sutton's a, a very good contender, actually. Maybe a Storm player, maybe a South player, maybe an official. I don't know. Maybe someone in the crowd. Maybe several people. Yeah, could be training his week. Someone might you're get just, touched up. Maybe Ryan just, Hoffman might start, you know, mouthing off. He might get lippy. Exactly. He might get lippy. Maybe, no, I mean, he's probably a little bit short uh, for potential Romolo victims. Um, you know, you, you're probably thinking somewhere along the lines of someone like Jesse Bromwich. Yep. Um, you know, of the height and, and size range that uh, that Romolo likes to normally feast upon. So, uh, look, there's no way I'm tipping against Joel Romolo, and uh, I'll pick the Storm by a long way. Next up, the Brisbane Broncos take on the Gold Coast Titans at Suncorp Stadium, the uh, return league of their uh, local rivalry after only meeting each other a couple of weeks ago. This one. A lot of talk over Hannett coming back into the side. Um, and but did I hear correctly that he wasn't dropped because of form, but he was dropped because he was advising a younger player on contract issues? Right, I did not hear that. I heard that, and I don't know. I, I don't know where I heard it, and if it's the truth. But um, interesting, if that's the case. We have a beanie's bonnet, if that's the case. But um, yeah, look, I'm pretty sure I tipped the Broncos last time, and last time they were running fucking rampant through the Titans but just not being able to put the last pass together, and they were just, they were just shredding them up the middle. Uh, the Titans held on, and, you know, a gritty performance to win the game, but this time, it ain't happening. Yeah, I think I think the Titans um, were exposed last week, and um, I don't have huge wraps on the Broncos, but at home, I, I would expect them to be too good for the Titans. If they can get together a, a, a lead of, you know, sort of, you know, 8 to 12 points going into the last 10 minutes, they should be able to hold it out. Parramatta Eels take on the St. George Illawarra Dragons at Pertec. I don't think there's any way that the Dragons can win this game. I think Parra actually uh, have struck a bit of form. The only thing that may slow them up is the fact they're um, backing up from from the Monday night on a Saturday, the short turnaround. For whatever reason, I mean, professional athletes, is more than enough time for them to recover and prepare for the next game. But for some reason, the Monday night factor is one that you can't really deny. Um, yeah, I just at home. Um, some of their play last week was was very impressive, um, and in stark contrast to some of the stuff I've seen, uh, I was witnessed from the Dragons. So, uh, based on last up form, primarily, I, I'm going to tip the Eels. I'm going to tip the Eels. Well, obviously Benji Marshall not named in the side, uh, but they they will make an adjustment later on in the week. I believe they've got to pay the West Tigers their cash. You know, they've got a deadline there. Is it um? When is the deadline? Saturday afternoon, 2 o'clock, isn't it? Oh, so only like an hour before the game kicks off. Mm. Okay, well, there you go. Um, you know, if Benji plays, if does, I don't think there's really... You wouldn't think he will, but... If he does, I mean, it really just opens up more more lanes for traffic like Semi Radradra and, you know, you, you know, Hopper Jr. starting to come good too. So, you know, and Jared Hayne. You'd like, like to see, you know, if theoretically, if Benji played in this game, you'd like to see Semi... Uh, score one of his trademark tries. Uh, Benji gets shot Straight out the back, the trying top. to make an, a, a jersey grab. Um, and Red Radger coming back and saying, "Welcome to first grade, yep. son." I reckon Parra got that one, thirteen plus. Cronulla Southern Sharks versus the West Tigers down there at the tip at Ramondas, and uh, 
couple of notable things in this game. Robbie Farrow makes his return from injury. Uh, also, the, the West Tigers are playing Cronulla. So they finally they get a game against the most hopeless side in the competition. Even without Farrow, they were going to win this one at a fucking canter. But uh, now with Farrow, they'll win by 38. <laughs> um, really only Tedesco and... Jimmy Gavay to come back into this side to, uh, to, to make us full strength, uh, which unfortunately will probably mean Blake Austin will slide back to New South Wales Cup, which is um, disappointing because he has... he has. I mean, without covering himself in glory, he's performed very well um, in the side and was carving up in New South Wales Cup previously, so really for, forced his way into the side in every sense of the word. But... Um, not a far, not a long way off of full strength here, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully the Tigers putting a really solid performance together, um, and the forwards getting on top early and and laying a good platform for for, for Brooks and uh, the Tigers could theoretically put a bit of a score on these Sharkies. All right, North Queensland Cowboys versus Sydney Roosters up there at 1300 teeth. Ray Thompson at half. Um, Robert Louis back to reserve grade where he belongs. Wouldn't even say he belongs there to be quite no, frank. Um, belongs in jail. Both sides fairly impressive last up winners. Um, the power of Jonathan Thurston makes me and and origin that, the origin proximity Jonathan Thurston yeah, and, and the factor at home probably has me leaning towards the Cowboys in in a fairly tight game and it'll be a good test for the Cowboys if the Roosters really show up and play their best. Uh, be a good yardstick to, to see where the Cowboys are at this season, and um, I think they might just squeak home with a win. Maloney uh, shifts to halfback for this game with Sonny Bill Williams, named in five eighth. Daniel Mortimer well, is on the by bench. By far the sexiest five eighth. I would, I would imagine Daniel Mortimer is on the bench. I would suspect that he will move into the side and play five eighth or half, whatever. And uh, yeah, well, the number got... six jersey fits Sonny. It's a rip the sleeves off it, Hulk style. Is it, isn't it? These are the considerations that Trent Robinson has in front of him. Things like the jersey, how's it going to fit Sonny Bill? Yeah. If it's going to meet your approval. This is example. important shit, man. Uh, look, you know, I think with the uncertainty of the halves, I mean, I don't think the, the Roosters' halves have been going that great this season. No. They've still managed to get some wins despite that. Uh, you know, will our old blue eyes get in there and combine with Maloney? Maloney's been well out of form. Um, well, he mesmerised the look, opposition I, with his eyes. I just have to go to the Cowboys just because I'm just not sure about the halves there for the Roosters. We don't even know who they're going to field at this stage. I mean, because I think that's a bit of smoke and mirrors there with Sonny Bill. Canberra Raiders take on the Penrith Panthers at GIO. And uh, Penrith Panthers can put points on. Canberra Raiders can't stop a fucking thing. Penrith are going to win this one handsomely. Not 50. Not one of these 50-point ones like they've had suffered the last couple of weeks. I can't argue with that assessment. Um... There's win no it way. Easily. There is no way you could tip the Raiders after last no, week. No, they're going to win easily. I don't know if it's going to be by they've thirty, got a but fifty-eight men. They need a change bench. Like how many people are in doubt? Yeah, it's a bit like that, isn't it? Eight players. Kind of twenty-one. You don't see that often, do you? I think that's probably. But you know, people are they're, they're going to shoot on form. It's just like we haven't decided who gets a bullet yet. But uh, there you go. Shannon. Well, there's Boyd. only eight players on the bench, though, Nathan. Nathan. Names like Shannon Boyd. Kyle O'Donnell. Jesus. This guy's been playing for the fucking... Where? I don't know. Queen Bian. Goldman or something. Penguins. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? 
Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs take on the New Zealand Warriors at Waikato Stadium on Sunday. One, is this the... They've been doing this for a little bit, the Bulldogs, haven't they? What Taking a game over there, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, look, I, I couldn't really tip the Warriors, given the form the Bulldogs are in. Um, they're, they're leading competition and, and deserve that respect, so... Um, and beating up on a hapless Canberra side too isn't like a necessarily a yardstick of great form. Yeah, I think I'll believe a lot more in the Warriors um, if they are to win this game. But um, if I've got to throw a tip out there when I do, um, I'll, I'll have to go for the Bulldogs. Yep, same. And Monday night foot bitch, the mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Newcastle Knights at Fortress Brookvale. Uh, this yeah. lineup. Still little the same halves, little John and Cherry Evans. Mainly by plenty. Um, Newcastle are not showing me much at the moment and they certainly aren't showing me anything that's gonna indicate they're gonna go to Brookvale on a Monday night and, and, and beat Manly. Still Especially concerns there, you know, in the halves of Manly. I mean I'm hoping Cherry Evans with the extra couple of days of uh, recovery should be one hundred percent right and uh, can take a more active role, especially you know things like the goal-kicking and stuff like that. Now that Steve Matai has been drilling his goal-kicking uh, yeah, in case, but I think that uh, Manly should be good enough to get over the night. So a bit out of sorts, and uh, hopefully they don't uh, recover from it this weekend. That's full time for episode 154. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter. So follow at TWI League and uh, Facebook, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Uh, make sure you hit the like button, share stuff around. You guys do already. You know, our favorites do it already. You know, so if you want to be our favorite, fucking get in there. And uh, you know what? Yeah, with the, with the Twitter thing, get on there. There's so many people that have joined Twitter just through listening to the show and it's like you get on there and you've got this instant community already around you and, you know, instant, instant bunch of followers and, you know. It's fantastic. Everyone's, you know, you might get the odd douchebag, but um, everyone's of a, you know, somewhere in the same ballpark of, of passion for their particular team as, as you are for yours. So, yeah. Um, and that's really, you know, that interaction is what Twitter's all about at the end of the day. It's not and people who can genuinely take a joke too. Yeah. They might get all fucking crazy, you know. The, yeah, the Twitter Rugby League community is, uh, there's a few hecklers involved. Um, you know, basically you could boil it down to, you know, some rugby league geniuses. Calm down. iTunes. We got a review this week from someone by the name of uh, Roosters Eagles. Gives me a semi in brackets. Rad Radra, five stars. This Week in League is the most honest, uncompromising, and downright funny rugby league podcast out there. Nate and Glenn deliver their previews and reviews with great knowledge of the game and never shy away from the controversial opinions within the game. The best part about This Week in League is the community that's developed around the show on Facebook and Twitter. It makes listening and then interacting a highlight of my week, and I thoroughly recommend subscribing and then joining in on social media. He's gone hash tool nation. Go you roosters. See that? It's pretty much exactly what I just said. Brilliant. Brilliant review. Listenership. One of my favourites. Complete with rugby league geniuses and one magician. Exactly. One one magician who... uh, His his greatest trick is not revealing he's a magician at this point. And tipping. Speaking of said magician, he maintains his one-point lead. uh, Shane Aaron Elvis on top of the tipping comp. That is One point back, we've got Whitey. Uh, One point back from there, we've got Goodnight, David Kingston, GT John. Back another point. Tigers, 12.0. Lemon... 
three-card magic trick appears and rounding off the top 10, Life of Ty and Paramount 1973. Fantasy. We have our Twill Nation group. Obviously, you can join it on uh, NRL Supercoach. And uh, the CJs maintain their position at top. I'm pretty sure they were there last week. Narrowly over Dingbats, who are narrowly over the Wendells. Narrowly over, very narrowly over Winter is Crowding. Southside Clackers, Bobbers, Butts Badgers, Sarcastic Pricks, Mike Hunt All-Stars, and the Mighty Doggies. And from uh, first to ten, our entire top ten is less than 300 points apart. So it's a fucking, it's a good contest this year. A lot of, uh, you know, a lot of little tweaks to the side can make some big differences. And finally, with the shop, still a couple of old Revelation shirts, still some Tigers in Decline shirts, and uh, just the, the Tigers in Decline, it's become relevant again. But also... um. Yeah, I saw someone said to me today, oh, by the way, that shirt on the counter there is uh, is for Glenda to take home for Leo. I was like, what is it? And she goes, oh, it's, um, it's Aubrey's Tigers in Decline shirt. You know, she's outgrown it now, so we pass it down to the next smallest member of the family. Refuse. So uh, I want to see a picture. Refuse. I, I personally, but also I speak for the, for the listeners of the show, I'm pretty sure that we all want to see a picture of Leo in the Tigers in Decline shirt. I think I'll speak on Leo's behalf when I say, fuck that. Look, he can't speak of shitty parents. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, uh, don't forget the membership. We're down to probably the last last 10 to 14, I think, from my unofficial count. So get in there and uh, shoot us your order really quick if you want to get in on the membership for this year. And uh, of course, thank you very much to everyone who's uh, jumped on so far. Bunch of legends, every last one of them, no matter what I say at other points of this show. (laughs) So that's it. That's all we've got time for. Go on longer this week. Is this the longest one of the season? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't pay enough attention. I can't believe we kept it still to the, the old ballpark. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Love you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.